Blog Talk Radio. I don't know much but the face that beast Make them taste that peace I'ma take back streets I'ma make bad beasts on some Maybach seats I'ma day pass east so I might go west I feast in the night when the light go rest Knives on my feet go Christ on my neck I hope life leads me to a nice old death Rose on my lip, cold ice on my breath And I'm dressed like a groom but I never got mad Walked out the tomb like I never got bad Call me Wallace Dean, awaken out of dreams I got death on my breath Call me Holocene I got Greek in my speech when I speak to the gods Rims on the bends on the beach with your broad If the throw get low, I paint a pit 16 I catch the Holy Ghost and I sit 16 Listen in like Epiphany Listen me like a symphony In Basilica, this literature like jewelry made by Tiffany Call me Rosie Gold, I got holy friends Holy Hova, man, holy hands Only sold my soul to do that holy dance Holy Hova, man, holy lands I'm in holy Greece Holy Rome, I'm in ancient Egypt in that holy home Sipping that Hennessy, that pure white I live a gender VC, pure life So if you go for my ones, I'ma go for the guns I know where to go when I go on the run for that Rolls Royce I believe I got no choice, I make your body bleed We practice Murta and Verta Don't talk, oh Murta you know the violence got a code of silence. I pose in vogue with my golden phallus. Listen to like epiphanies. Listen to me like a symphony. In Basilica, this literature is like jewelry made by Tiffany. Call me Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent, my pen always in the paint like my name LeBron. If the dough get low, I paint a pick 16. I catch the Holy Ghost and I spit 16. Listen to like epiphanies. Listen to me like a symphony In Basilica, this literature Like jewelry made by Tiffany Call me Saint Laurent, Saint Laurent My pen always in the paint like my name LeBron If the dough get low, I paint a pit 16 I catch the Holy Ghost and I spit 16 Hey yo, Kufo Boom out, God B-O-M-E C-I-C My five percenters out here who know what I'm talking about. Rest of y'all wake up. More than rap music. Got the numbers that annoy you. 
I never been employed. Some niggas can't afford to. And it costs you. Spin a cent on some horseshoes. Tennis costs too. Cause it's been a sports move. I'm burning drow now. And I'm eating more food. I thought I lost you when it sent me cost you. If you chillin' in the dark, I let the Millie spark you. Let the Millie guide you to the light like God do. And you wanna be wise, but it's really hard to. Hey, yo, we rock. Coogees on blocks. Oozes and glock. And movies and rock. We do this to the crew getting knocked. If my life was like a fairy tale, the music would stop. The music would stop. The shit I drop is usually hot. Hey, yo, we rock. Coogees on blocks. Oozes and glocks. And movies and rock. We do this to the crew getting knocked. If my life was like a fairy tale, the music would stop, the music would stop, the shit I drop is usually hot. Hey yo, we been through some shit and now we I pushed the Benz whip through Hollywood. They said niggas spinning chips like he probably hood. You probably would rob me if you probably could. Hey yo, we been through some shit and now we I pushed the Benz whip through Hollywood. They said niggas spinning chips like he probably hood. You probably would. Ride me if you probably could. Hey yo, I'm trying to put chips where niggas put their mills at. Still spit 16 even though we kill cats. And it's real black. Niggas fill these racks. Niggas always talking shit saying we'll be back. Will we clap before niggas get the drop on us? Before that rat had time to sit cops on us. I'm hitting blocks and corners. Blocking corners. Shit, I'm hopping out the range on thugs. Aiming slugs, I guess cause my brain's on drugs. But the stress won't let a nigga change for love. Shit, I'm in the shopping. Blowing sticky tropic. In the Bentley cop pick. Am I really top pick? Nigga, what the fuck? Some niggas say they glitz, but they really rockless. Your shorty at my crib and she really topless. The only thing on her mind is in me constant. And you spend too much time fronting like you monsters. And yo, we been through some shit and now we... I pushed the Benz whip through Hollywood. They said niggas spinning chips like he probably hood. You probably would. Rob me if you probably could. Hey yo, we been through some shit and now we... I pushed the Benz whip through Hollywood. They said niggas spinning chips like he probably hood. You probably would. Rob me if you probably could. Who that nigga with the famous flow? Change his clothes. He ain't about shit, but he ain't as though. Pain is flow. Smoking on bang and drove. It's getting hard for you to dodge every flame I throw. You want fuck every game I know. The game I hold. If you spend time with chicks, that's the same as dope. When my name blow, I'ma shine like a rainbow. Still I got crime on my mind. I'm the same old. The same old from upstate with the same flow. The same nigga let his pants hang too low. If I die, I'ma go where angels go. That's why slugs coming at me getting angles though. I'm proud for the guards. He got me reaching out for the stars. I'm traveling far. This world is moving fast as my car. Passengers are guards. Niggas know I smoke when I drive. Let passengers ride. I get these niggas fast as the guard. Hey yo, we been through some shit and now we... I pushed the Benz whip through Hollywood. They said niggas spinning chips like he probably hood. You probably would. Rob me if you probably could. Hey yo, we been through some shit and now we... I pushed the Benz whip through Hollywood. They said niggas spinning chips like he probably hood. You probably would. Rob me if you probably could. Black African Power. Welcome to the rebirth of the African Civilization Show, the home of the Amara Squad, a well-organized life. The feats of disorganized truth. Peace to you, brother. Shout to here Black African Power. What's good? Hey, yo. Hey, yo, I'm MJ, MJ, MK, Ultra, snake head on my head. 
vulture. I make beds till I break bread with Oprah. I'm over Cobra, stay ahead of culture. They made new slaves, I'ma make new niggas. And on paydays, I'ma make new figures. Fuck Bill Gates. I dance with Medusa, and the dance bring me cake like a master the Musa. In this world, I'm a boss in my brand new speakers. Your girl love my voice and my band two features. King Tut coffin, dreams of a sultan. Seen it so potent, my teeth born talking, and tongues never spoken. Scripts never written, I call that the hitting. One like almond, the unlettered prophet that prophesies from ramen. The flow been knowledge, I own been college, and I use sign language that is so symbolic. Black African Power. Welcome to the rebirth of the African Civilization Show, the home of the Amaral Squad. What's good? What's happening? A well-organized lie defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo-hoo-wee! Bang! Y'all already know what it is, man. God killer is in the house. Man, and I'm here to do what I got to do. Because I got to do what I got to do. Standing tall, standing strong in this black African power. Boy, we got a real, 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 real powerful, powerful weekend coming. Man, first we're going to see Ngozi, 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 the scientist from Team Osiris. As a matter of fact, he's the lead scientist on the Amaral squad. Smash out Minister Stinky Inky. Your career is over with, son. This you can believe. Y'all can catch that on the live stream. And then y'all can catch the event live in person in Atlanta at 6202 Memorial Drive at the Line of Judah Event Center. Man, y'all need to go ahead and get with that. That's going to be a serious lineup, man. We're going to have, of course, the Amaral Squad. Featuring Smash Rock Rails, the Magi Arrows Up. Of course, me, God Killer, Real Black Atheist, the General, Saw Ross Seti, and the Elder, closing us, closing us out, Professor Dane Smalls. And not to mention, Saw Netta is on the road. He will be in the building. He will be the moderator. He will be there. And a few of those New York people is going to definitely be up in there. Y'all already know, man. Ain't no pseudo allowed. We will be having a no-fly zone. So if you flying through the air, man, cut it out. Be a serious show. Man, excellent discourse. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, four powerful speakers, man. You can't find it nowhere. Not a pseudo amongst us. So it's a powerful weekend. So like I said, on that Friday, man, they're going to be doing that live stream. Um, Minister Stinky Inky getting smashed up. You already know he's going to get smashed up. He's going to run out of shit to say. We already know it. Um, <laughs> he's not an authentic scientist. So we won't be expecting that, all right, much from that. But we'll, 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 we'll see him go as he do his thing because that's what he do. 
and then we're gonna run it right into the um to Saturday's event, man. It's gonna be a powerful event, two to seven. Might run over, have some extra time, man. It's gonna be a real, real good thing, man, man. So we're gonna be doing it real smooth, real smooth. Uh, put together. As a matter of fact, um, if y'all want to join us for dinner on Friday, man, I'm gonna let y'all know where we're gonna be at. For all y'all that wanna come out and meet us, feel me? And then Saturday we're gonna have that book signing, man. I mean, you know, we got the Honor Raw Squad manual. Man, that's tight. You know what I'm saying? I'm be using the manual, okay, uh, Saturday, you know what I'm saying, with that slide presentation, okay? Then we got, I got a whole handful of the Magi, the handbook for the conscious community. Then we're going to have the Beginner's Guide to the Meta Nature by Ujawu, you know what I'm saying? Boy, we got it going. And we got the cartoon by Ed Edamay. That's Dr. Mayotte, right? Man, we're going to have that rocking. So y'all can get that cartoon, man. Support that. We're going to have the RBGs in the building. You know what I'm saying? The tennis shooters taking the conscious community. All right? For us, by us. Uh, we practice Umuja. I mean, mm, man, we practice that. Quadrative economics, that's what we're doing. Boy, that's how we got to do it. It's called support each other. That's what we're going to do. That's the only way to change this thing is to get a strong economic base because economic does what? Economics promotes science. And science does what? Science promotes technology. So it's that science and technology. African science and technology, a way to save the black community, but it starts off with a strong economic base. Oh, uh, economics is not going to be enough. Well, you shouldn't me. It's going to be enough to put us where we need to be because you can protect yourself. If you got a strong economic base, you can get the proper tools. Science puts you on par with the rest of the world. Your community should be on par with the rest of the world. Like, like, let me give you a good example. Like, no matter if you're in the hood, right, or anywhere in America, you got a cell phone. So even if you're in the hood and you got a cell phone, you are in par or on par with the rest of the world when it comes to the technology of the cell phone. See, very easy. If you got a PC, laptop, right, you're on par with the rest of the world. Even if you... Bro, you know, I like to say we're the poorest, richest people in the world because we can easily stand in line for a pair of $300 Jordans. So make sure y'all stand in line for a pair of $45 RBGs, the red, the black, and the green. Yeah, this show is being brought to you by Niggas Footwear. Bringing the shoe for you, right, and giving back to the communities. Boy, we got that powerful show, man. I'm mean, I promise you this, man. I'm just hyped up, man. Y'all got to excuse me, man. You know, it's been a real, real good goddamn week, man. All the products came like they were supposed to come. Man, you know, everything is, is, is where it's supposed to be at, man. Look, man, y'all hit one of y'all keypad, man. Looking for the rest of the squad members, man. I don't see him, man. What are y'all doing? Running late. Running late, running late. Hit that one on your keypad. Hit the one on your keypad. Hit the one on your keypad. Hmm. So let me see here. Um, let me see. Let me 
You know what? One of my favorite videos on YouTube, man, is by the Professor Smalls. All right, yeah, and he should be through in a minute. And it's my favorite video because he talks about the voodoo, man. All right? And I know when we hear that term, niggas start running and diving and shit. Oh, shit, the voodoo, uh, watch out. Witchcraft. Yeah, yep, you know, the white man is throwing all those terms at us. <clears throat> but, you know, the foundation of modern science is voodoo, Okay. And when the professor comes on, he'll clearly explain that. But let me give you a little something for you, for y'all a little bit. Let me show you how we do it here, man. All right? I got this book. It's called Secrets of Voodoo. Let's come to page eight real quick. All right? Go to page eight. All right? It's talking about the meaning of the word voodoo. It says, um... The clearest, hold on, the clearest explanation of this essential idea is that vu means into perspection, and do means into the unknown. Remember that. The vu means into perspection, and the do means into the unknown, right? Hold that thought. Let's come to Dr. Ben's monumental work, African origins of the major Western religion, the black man's religion, value one, by Dr. Joseph A. Ben Yohannes. And in the forward speaks of the voodoo. He talks about the old accounts of the occult. Say the word is written in many different ways, talking about the voodoo. Voodoo, 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 spelled a different way, etc. But it comes from a Dahomey in West Africa where it means genius or protective spirit. In the foreign language, it is voodoo. And in the airway, voodoo. The name of the cult, like the cult itself, is of West African origin. So most of us listen to the show, right, have a West African origin. And if you know anything about West African origins, right, about West Africa, if you know anything about the Sahara, if you know anything about the Palestine, a particular time period, right? You'll find that during this particular time period, 20,000, 30,000, you'll find that all the river systems were connected. And so people migrated back and forth, back and forth. Niger River, Nile River, uh, Lake Chad, all these waterways were connected, you know. And so at the conference, I'll be showing this, proving my point. And so, in the book, Secrets of Voodoo, we got the vu, meaning interprospection. Interprospection means an inward look, right? And he says the do means the mystery. And then Dr. Ben says the, the word from the foreign language also means genius. So, voodoo literally means to take 
when you take an inward look within self, you start to unravel the mystery, which is life. So voodoo is interprospection, inward look within self. And when one takes an inward look within self, he starts to unravel the mystery, which is life. And when one unravels the mystery, which is life, you become a genius. So then how do you unravel life's mystery? By observing it. And when you observe life's mystery, you become a scientist. So science, you see, is the mode at which we observe the natural world and start to unravel the mystery which is life. Voodoo. Because when you look at nature, when you look at yourself, you look at nature. You're one and the same with nature. There is no separating you from nature. So as you take a look at nature, you're taking a look at yourself. And as you take a look at yourself, you take an inward look at self. And as you take an inward look at self, you start to become a genius. And as we start to become a genius, we build great civilizations in Africa. So what was it that we used as we took the inward look and would look within self. What was it that we used to build the great civilization? We used tools. We used technology and science. Y'all believe the white man shit had y'all spooked out. Y'all thought some netches flew and came down and gave up the information. They got you. Boy, they got you. I don't know. Maybe my phone going in and out again. Let me get right here real quick. Let me see. One second. Matt, your line is open. I'm raw squad up. <laughs> 301. Oh. I'm a raw squad up, Black African Power. Glad to be on the show. Glad to be on the show tonight. Wait, wait, wait. Listen to our elder. He's not on here yet. I'm waiting for him to call in. Check this out. Let me tell you something. You you caught me at the tail end of something. You were tripping. Hold on. Let's catch up real quick. I'm going to catch you up. Watch this. It's a book I recommend for everybody. It's called uh, uh, Secrets of Voodoo. You familiar Mm -hmm. with that? No, All right. but I am no. very revolting. All, right. All right, now you come to you come to page eight, eight, right? And on page eight, mm-hmm. the brother talks about uh, the word voodoo, mm-hmm. right? Talks about the word voodoo and he breaks it down into two parts. Uh, he says, voodoo means interprospection. That means, and we look, and he says, do means into the unknown, right? You got that? Mm-hmm. Dr. Ben says in the forward in his book in the African origins of Western major religions, he said the word voodoo means genius from the homie. Okay? Oh, so when, okay. Okay, and so when one takes an inward look within self, right, one starts to unravel life, which is the 
mystery. And when you start to unravel life, which is a mystery, you become a genius. So then how do we become a genius? By looking at nature. This is the origin of science. Those who watch nature to become geniuses. Nature teaches us. And from this, we built great civilizations. That's the point I was making. You came in at the end. I got you. Great point. You got me? Yes, I do, my brother. All right. Now, man, I've been waiting for my man a while. Hey, Daddy, what's good, brother? Black African power, where you been hiding at, bro? Peace. Hotel, Black African power. Sister, I'm on. What's good? What's good, sister? How are you? All right, it's good to What's up? All right, so, yeah, it's good to be in. I hear you, Uncle, over there breaking down the, the terminology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to break down the terminology, yo. Mm-hmm. That, 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 you know, and that's something that, you know, we always like to emphasize, looking to the language. Let's see exactly what these terms mean so we can get a, um, a more accurate and better feel for, for, the, um, for the message that's being relayed, you know. And you want to catch the spirit of the word, you know, because I always say that, a word always carries the spirit of its root, okay? The root never leaves, you know what I mean? So that's good that you went into the into the language and went to different sources to get a better understanding of what voodoo is, what is meant by it, you know, at least on the initial stage, which will prepare us to understand the tradition. Mm-hmm. You hear me? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And yeah, you know, um, so again, you know, going into uh, African, traditional African religious thought patterns, you know, that's, that's something you always want to do. Going to, the, going to the meaning of these words, how it applies to these traditions, you know. It's going to give us a good guide, you know, at the initiatory stage. So. Yeah, so, yeah, well, you know what? I think more people need to be initiating traditional African systems just to get a feel for it, just to give a basic understanding of it, man. Just mm-hmm. to be the air, too. You know, let me share this man. with you here. Um, I was in a discussion, it might have been yesterday or today, where you know, there was a, a post, uh, someone who posted, and I don't know if it's male or female, I don't know, but the person is proclaiming medic precise science, right? And this person says, well, in comedic precise science, we don't, they, they didn't look to the sky. God, that, um, you know, they didn't pray outside of themselves. Unlike Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and Ifa, right? Says, well, why did you equate Ifa with Christianity, Judaism, and Islam? Okay, because Christianity, Judaism, and Islam come from the Western Asian cultural matrix to where Ifa comes from the same cultural matrix in, of inner Africa just as Kemet and Kush. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, my 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 further response is well. On one hand, if you're saying that they didn't pray, they didn't do prayer. 
and you're calling yourself, you know, kinetic Kushite science. Obviously, you don't know much science because remember right. the word science. This word science means what? To know. Okay? And you know through what? Observance and study. So you could not have observed and studied in order to know comedic thought pattern by making such a statement because there are literally hundreds of prayers from the earliest period, you know, all throughout the dynastic period and beyond, coming forward to uh, closer to our time now. You cannot make that type of statement. And then to say, well, they didn't look to the sky, like, well, you must don't read comedic literature, you know, because if you go into the pyramid text, right, which is the oldest religious literature in the world, right, it is over, count it, over 2,000 lines, okay? You might call them, ver- you may call them verses, over 2,000, okay? And there are, in those 2,000, there are hundreds of chapters, or what you might call utterances or spells, okay, where it talks about the soul, the transmigration of the soul rising to the starry sky or becoming one with the stars, okay? Or, you know, or saying something like that the spirit star, or properly um, spoken in African languages, Sota, she is my sister, meaning I am becoming Sahu, right? Which is equivalent to Osaru or Osiris. And Sota is equivalent to offset, so you are becoming the Osar, all right, in a stellar fashion, through stellar symbolism, okay? You know, um, pyramid text, to where it speaks about the sky opening up like doors, mm-hmm. okay? You know, to receive the Ba or the Bala, which is the soul, Okay? of the person that travels like a bird. In fact, it is depicted as a person's, the person's head with the bird's body, okay, rising up, transmigration of the soul, movement, okay? So, you know, I'm like, well, and also when you become an ancestor, okay, you even find, you know, things like this in the voodoo tradition, okay, um, Again, your soul is moving. And in Kemet, you're also called what? A, an ak, a light being. And in the person Haru or the book of Kemet forth by day, it'll say, I am a light being who comes forth from the light, whose origins is within the light. And the word for light is ak. All right? Now, you are becoming an ancestor. So it goes to... Further proof in the in Ede Yoruba or the Yoruba language, the word Aiku. Aiku means ancestor. And this is the same word in ancient Kemet, Ak or Aku, which is a light being, which is an ancestor. Okay? And then, of course, mm-hmm. then, you know, we have a whole plethora of prayers. So, you know. Sanjay, let me ask you a question. Sure. So, let's just say uh, 
dealing with the Muslims, the Christians, and the Jews, right? People would say, well, well, goddamn, nigga, what's the difference then? I feel more comfortable with the Christianity if I'm praying. So, 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 in your mind, I know what it is in my mind and what I see in the legit. What's the difference between a nigga in the Nile Valley praying and a nigga in the American praying? What's the difference, bro? Okay. Matter of fact, let's scratch that word off the record. What's the difference between an African in the Nile Valley praying, right, and the, and a Christian black person in America praying? What's the difference, bro? Is there a difference? The is it the same thing? See, the that's where the confusion comes into play. What right, is the right, difference right. we want to know? Where's the power at the now? Fundam- let's go. The fundamental difference. The difference is whether you are praying to the God of your ancestors or to the God of your enemies. Mm-hmm. Okay. If but what's the difference, pray, though? Besides that, what's the difference? Okay. Probably need a little more. That is the difference. That is the, the image difference. of your God. Okay. Let's go further. Let's go further. If you are praying to energy, let's, let's change the word a little bit, to the Spiritual energy that flows from you to your mother and father to your grandparents to your great grandparents, and it goes all the way back. If you are propitiating that energy that goes far back from your ancestors, and that same energy that they called upon within themselves, which is also reflected outside of themselves, okay, as well that made them successful, that empowered them, and you call upon the exact same energy that is praying to the God of your ancestors. Now, if you have it to where a group of people, Christian, Muslim, or Judaism, that enslaved some of your ancestors, our ancestors, and took them through the enslavement process of psychological bondage and damage, and they're given a deity, which will further keep them and maintain their enslavement so that they can pray and send their spiritual energy or psychological energy, because remember, spirit and the psyche is the same thing, exact same thing, and it goes to the oppressors instead of yourself, and you call upon the name and the energy that was given to you by those oppressors, you are worshiping the God of your enemy. That is the difference. And you will never empower yourself. So when I pray, I go back to that energy, the psychological pattern of my ancestors that made them successful in life, in building technology, tools, like you, you mentioned that earlier, tools, technology. What did they do and call upon to empower themselves? I call upon the same energy. Therefore, I am praying to the God of my ancestors. And never, under no circumstances, will I worship spiritually or intellectually or academically the God energy or psychological substance of my enemy, the people who oppressed and enslaved and put me in mental and physical bondage. Never. This is the difference. If you are going to pray, do it through the genetic line that made your ancestors successful through the, the quasi-concept of Kuchichakali of self-determination, not the determination that was imposed and handed to you. See what I'm saying? So that is the difference. If you're going to so, empower yourself. 
So hold on a second. So what's the difference between the Egyptian god and the European god? What's the difference? The difference between the European gods and Egyptian mm-hmm. gods, that here you go. One is that the god or psychological substance that empowers Europeans is something that promotes lifelessness, okay, like a cancer, okay? For example, go, let's go to Greece. The gods of Europe, as found via Greece, do not promote life. They promote death via homosexuality because, again, mm-hmm. and, all, and, and the vast majority of the most powerful deities are rapists of younger boys, okay? It does not promote life but promotes death. You can't reproduce a child by inserting semen in another man's anus. Life cannot be produced if semen is mixed with feces, okay? And and it has to be that graphic because that's the reality of it, okay? There's no eggs inside of the anus, okay? Psychological damage, which leads to death and non-life promoting behavior. Where you go to the deities found in the Nile Valley, okay? They all had, they were husband and wife, okay? They had children, beautiful, they had children, beautiful children, and it promoted life. So you basically, so you basically saying that really God is an idea and a concept. One one idea and concept promotes uh, death, and then the the other idea and concept and belief promotes life. Is that what you basically saying? Indeed, because again, okay, we man, what does man do? And I, and I say, man, I'm talking about the humans in general. Man constructs ideology, okay, based on the perception of reality. And this phenomenon that is intangible, okay, that that creative force, the pheno- the great the greatest of all phenomena, which is life itself, is what people call quote unquote God. It's what we call nectar, entoro, ama, noma, and arisa. What is that? What is that noise? Is that you sitting there? Yeah, and I have, I want I would like to interject whenever you get a chance. I was just typing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, go ahead. You go ahead. You can interject. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, son. Oh, we're gonna say what else? Go, go for it. Go ahead, sis. Talk to me. Yeah, what I was. What I was saying. I mean, Sanjay is making great points. Um, but the first thing I thought of is your concept of God, quote unquote, the most high, however you address it, your deity. I mean, it, it just brought me to the words of Dr. John Henry Clark and Dr. Francis Quest Welsing, who talk about your image of God. If your image of God doesn't look like you, then who are you to yourself? Most people think in terms of opposites. Are you the devil? Are you inferior? So it does matter. Your concept of the most high. And, uh, you know, if, if people, you know, have a sense that, you know, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, even the way that they look at their creator matters even more because um, if you consider yourself a spiritual being, 
having a physical experience, but again, your image, the image of your God does not look like you. you you're not going to feel that you're of the most high. I mean, as above, so below. So above must have a, I don't want to say an appearance. It must be a construct, quote, unquote, that is African-centered. Your deity, your thought process, who you pray to, the the deities, the Orishas, the Netheru, whatever you call them, they must, you know, be of an African mindset because otherwise you're taking on the values of those who used their religions against you. I mean, we, you know, we don't have to look at Amistad or Roots or anything else to know that people were enslaved. Literally, Christianity was whipped out of them or whipped into them. I mean, there are indigenous traditions were whipped out of them. Christianity was whipped into them, like in that movie Sankofa. Um, we don't have to think, we don't even have to go that far to know that the images that are in your head matter. And how do you look at yourself? So whoever your God is, that is the one that has the, the quote-unquote power over you. But the people that control that spirituality, I mean that religion, are the ones that basically you take on as your heavenly, I mean your on-earth um, superiors or gods. You see what I'm saying? You're inferior. Mm-hmm. Your oppressor is superior. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me let me do this. For those who listen, it might get confused. All right, let me do this real quick, man. Let me let me separate that. Let, I don't even feel like playing a god game with y'all tonight, man. Let me let me separate this. All right, let me can go I, straight can here. I just read this. This, can I just read this last thing by Dr. Henry Clark? Here's the quote. My my main sure point here is that if you are you are a child of God and God is a part of you, the end that in your imagination God is supposed to look like you. And when you accept a picture of the deity assigned to you by another people, you become the spiritual prisoners of that other people. I say conquerors. Well, obviously, you are a spiritual prisoner, and we are spiritual people. All right. Now, let me let me get straight into this right here. Here's where the confusion always jumps in. When we start playing with the God back and forth, the Europeans automatically win. Let me show you why they automatically win. Because they have forced you into their idea and concept. And when you try to use their idea and concept and place your idea and concept, it's going to be a lot of damn confusion. And so we're totally confused at this particular juncture. Let me kind of clear this up for a minute. All right, all of us on the show, we're pretty much familiar with the dramatic origin of the word God, right? And it simply goes back uh-huh. to Old Saxon, Old Phrasian, Dutch, uh, Proto-Germanic, uh, Old High German, you know what I'm saying, uh, German, Nor- Old Norris, okay, Old Church. Slavic, uh, uh, Zuvu, uh, Sanskrit, Hutu. Okay, so that ain't got nothing to do with us in Africa. And so we exist in an environment seven million years prior to all this coming into play, right? We know the Indo-European languages eventually come out of Africa. We know the oldest languages are in Africa, right? So then what was the Germans talking about, right? They were talking about to invoke, okay, also to pour out libations. Right? That's all it was basically talked about. So if we're not talking about here pouring libation, okay, or invoking something, then what are we really talking about? When you talk to any African American and you say to invoke, right? You invoke we invoke the name of the ancestors, the great John Henry Clark. That means to invoke, to keep him alive and living. Right? When we talk about the poor libation, we pour out libation in remembrance of those people. 
This is God based off of the German root. Has absolutely nothing to do with looking into the sky. But where does the word originally originate from when we come to the article of Brother Hassan Hotel? He says, in summary, the word God deals with two primary conceptions, distance and water. Now, we know water is vital to the survival of all living organisms on the planet. And he says distance, right? Because when you deal with distance, you're dealing with long distances when you look in the cosmos. As a matter of fact, when you look in the cosmos, they don't even measure things in, in, in the sense of minutes and hours. They deal with light years, vast amounts of space. So distance. So when our ancestors looked at that, they were talking about the great distance, the, 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 the age, right? Now, he says the root primary meaning is sky, right? Heaven, rain, top. The sister talked about the upper, upper height and age. So this is what our ancestors were talking about, that which is the oldest in the community, all right? It also talks about the secondary meaning, ownership, lordship, chiefs, kings, elders, and ancestors. All of these can be gods, right? When African-Americans think of this, they don't think of kings, right? They don't think of chiefs. They don't think of ownership, right? They say God is a title of rank. So now we understand that God to the African is a title of rank. And it says, why the kings of Africa are divine kings? Kings are believed to be the intermediaries between our ancestors and the community at large. And it goes on to say, so the Christian notion that African kings are gods, as in superhuman beings, is false. And is based on an ignorance of the African language and customs. So I understand none of us on this phone are ignorant to African custom and tradition. And so I just want the listening audience to really get this. Now watch this. He say a king is a god. Mukulu. Because he is the highest ranked person in the society. Africans have many gods because a god is an ancestor or elder. See, our feet are on the ground right now. Watch this. Every community has thousands of gods who lived before those currently living now because they lived before us in the community and it is their discoveries that allow the community to strive currently. They are ranked higher. So it's going to say elders in the community are also gods. Kulu, their age and wisdom provide them with a special status. Hold on, let me, hold on. One second, one second. One second, hold on. Hold on, Sue, Nick. Let me get. Sorry, hold on. Let me finish this off. Let me get back on that. Elders in the community are also gods. Kulu. Their age and wisdom provides them with a special status in African society. So that was the title used, right, for a special status. They say they have a proven track record of service and have made major contributions to the expansion and sustaining of the community. So according to the African, right, the elders were considered God because they had contributions, right, and expanding and sustaining the community. So if you planted something that has not added to your community, then you're not dealing with the African uh, uh, concept and idea. Now watch this. For this, they are given high status and title. Without understanding why God is God, one will never get the understanding the ancient Africans were conveying by the usage of this term. And so we get a lot of confusion. We get the Hebrews easing their way in, 
Oh, yeah, y'all pray to God, y'all pray to you. All of this with the total misunderstanding, right, of what the Nile Valley Great Lake region Africans was talking about. I, I, I venture to say that prayer to the African wasn't prayer to the Muslim and Christian and Jew. Two different things, two different words, right? So we probably need to get into a heavy understanding of the words. That you would never hear a person in Africa say God or good. That's the Indo-European understanding. So to continue to use this term automatically puts you in the European mindset. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that for the record. And y'all can add something. Well, you said it well, brother. If y'all so choose. But y'all know where I'm at. I'm like Dr. Ben. I don't believe none of that. You know what I'm saying? I felt like this. Dr. Ben spent 60 years in the valley amongst the nature. And if he come home saying God is his mother, then that's where I'm at with it. I'm going to stay right there with it. That's something I just got to do for me. I can't play the game. I can't be on the tightrope. I understand the damage that drug abuse does to the human being. I understand the damage that religion has done to the human being. So if I smoke a cigarette, I'm back on using drugs. So if I play the God game, I'm back to following their system. Racism, white supremacy at the end of the day is what they really got you worshiping. So it's important to learn the language like Brother Sinjetti. So when Brother Sinjetti is speaking about prayer and speaking about God, he's not even talking about what you think he's talking about. He has a whole mind frame. When Sister Soup Neck talks about it, she has a whole other mindset. She reads the African literature. They have a whole different mindset. But we're talking about the new people coming, brothers and sisters, who do not know. They say, well, damn, what's the difference? See, I told you they had the God. No, we didn't have that. We didn't have that stupid idiot nonsense that's been thrown to black people. We didn't have that crap. And you know how you know we didn't have that crap? Because we wasn't fighting wars over religion. There's no religious wars in Africa before the Muslim, Christian, and Jews. There's no World War One, World War Two, where you kill each other in the name of your God. There's none of that. So obviously we did not have that idea and that concept. Now, did we have an idea and a concept that there were things greater than us? But of course we did. Did we have mm-hmm. imagination? But of course we did. Did we have belief? But of course we did. But at the end of the day, what we really had was goddamn family. And the family stuck together. And the family observed nature to make the family better. And we observed nature to add tools to our family to take care of the next generation. Food, clothing, and shelter, I say for the record, and protection of that was the African God. Y'all can go. Um, and again, you definitely make a, a prominent point there. See, earlier you was reading from, from our, our, our good brother Saul's book how God is the ultimate ancestor. Because remember earlier, yep. let's connect it with what we said earlier, what I said earlier. Um, you know, I'm propitiating, okay? The God energy, the psychological substance that goes from my mother and father to their mothers and fathers. And I'm going all the way back, a straight line back to the ultimate ancestor, the ultimate source. You know what I'm saying? And this is where we derive our empowerment from. Where, you know, person comes in and derails that attention, puts a break in that straight line of communication with the ultimate ancestor and touching and tapping the psychological energy of between you and the ultimate ancestor. You know what I'm saying? 
So that's what that's what we call upon. All right. And we also understand the evolution of how of people come to pray to what we call God. Because see, remember, every every ritual that you do to appease to the creator was once done to what was done to a living king and queen, which was once done originally to your mother and father. And then when it becomes abstract and symbolic and you expand it, it becomes God. And that's the evolution of it, okay? What's the evolution of, let's say, let's take a, in, in the Yoruba tradition, okay, when you come to a priest, okay, a father of the mysteries, or a great mother, right? And in, in most African in the tradition, you do what? You bow in front of them as a show of respect, right? As a show of respect and humility. And we still retain this ancient practice. The Muslims retain it in an abstract form. They just do it towards Mecca. By bowing on the ground, putting the forehead to the ground. This is an ancient practice. However, the tradition that goes into Islam can't explain it because it doesn't retain the 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 practice as it was originally. It gets it at mm. the point where only abstract. So when you get ancient practices at the point when it's abstract, your tradition cannot be original because you got it at the point of it being abstract. All things that are done symbolically were once done literally. This is how you trace the origin. If you have people who are still doing it literally, like bowing to your parents, um, I know in South, in, like in South Africa there are traditions where um, the son will bow to his mother, okay, or both parents when they rise up in the morning or before they leave the house. That means that they still hold the keys to the original practice. Hey, Sinjetti. Go for let it. Me get, let me get the elder on the phone, man, real quick. All right. Professor right. James Smalls. I'm in Raw Squad up. How you doing, brother? Hey, on, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. All right, I was just listening to y'all teaching. I don't need to be on the phone, you know, dropping heavy <laughs> science. And you know, it's just simple. And and the airway in West Africa say when he's talking about the divine totality, he just, they just say they they have a word, so belisa. And it means the totality of creation, including you, makes up that divine. The totality of creation. And everything else is just replication. And I I was glad that you were, when you were quoting Dr. Ben, and how he was laying out the concept of the family. And all of the early symbols, as far back as you can go, there's that mother, father, and child. That was the symbol of divinity for the human as as an image. Because the family exists throughout 
all of existence. And that's what's under attack in America right now, that you have to have the opposites to replicate yourself. And so those opposites, those sexual opposites, create. You understand what I'm saying? This stuff is so simple, it's crazy. You know, it's really simple. And they left us all of these images in the Nile Valley to show us how simple it is. A man and a woman come together and they form creation. There's no other way to get a man or a woman, human being, created. You know, I enjoy the potter wheels image and I enjoy all the other images as we try to explain the essence of we are made of but the only way a human being is created is a man lie with a woman. They have intercourse. They reach orgasm. The sperm, that invisible little thing, fertilize the other invisible little thing called an egg, and they create, just like the rest of the universe creates. And so the divinity is every and all things at once, including us. The laws that allow all of this to happen is the same law on the macrocosm as is on the microcosm. The laws never change. Ignorance on the part of men looking at fragmented aspects of the laws that rule the universe and to present those fragmented aspects in terms of character development as the body of law that makes all things happen. You know, I, I'm not as hard on our Hebrew Israelite brothers as some of you other brothers are. They're doing okay. the best they can. It's like a farmer in the field. You know, there's one farmer that can grow multiple vegetables and another only know how to grow carrots, you know. So his whole understanding of what a vegetable is is his carrot. You understand what I'm saying? It takes the farmer that understands the multiplicity of the vegetable world and who can cultivate all of these aspects to present to the one who thinks the carrot is the only thing that is called a vegetable because the carrot is the only thing he knows how to grow. And so the people who present us a lot of these uh, systems of religion were people who came out of oppressive situations with only fragments of the information that it takes to be a whole human being. You know? You see the rise of the thing called the Hebrew Israelite after the invasion into Northeast Africa by the Hyksos and maybe at the onset of the Hittites. And out of whatever oppression that was suffered under there, you see this tiny little group of people arise out of that with a body of information trying to pull themselves together. You you see the Christian thing arise out of Roman occupation and domination. You see the Muslim thing arise out of the descendants of the Roman and Greeks occupation and domination. And so what you got is small small communities of people that are only significant because the concepts they developed got taken over by the, 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 the crackers 
who made it their own, not even understanding what they took from the other little group trying to take fragments and make something to survive for themselves, and because they kicked our butts over the last close to 700 years now, we give significance to these insignificant discussions that we call Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. There's nothing in its history to show any effectiveness of redemption for any society they've been a part of. If they wanted to show them as tools that can work, they certainly will fail because they haven't worked. And the only reason we even discuss them in any kind of dialogue or the only reason we are pretending to it in our daily lives, like so many of our people across the world, is because the garbage man who brought his slop kicked our behinds. <laughs> Otherwise, we never would have heard of these things. They had no significance in the world on his own volition. I mean, left without the war machine of Rome, the war machine of Greece, the war machine, the murder war machine of the Islamic leaders, we never would have heard of these things. It would have been some insignificant little conversation that some Bedouins was having in their impoverished situation. <laughs> Bedouin. <laughs> Meaning people living out in the desert, running around with camels and shit. That's not just talking about the population who's doing it now. All of that white population, because the people who are calling themselves Arabs, these are the Greek and Roman children. These are the Turks out of the Caucasus Mountains. These are the Serbs from Macedonia and, 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 and Northeastern Europe, masquerading in Northeast Africa as indigenous people. We need to get that piece straight first before we even have a dialogue, you know, um, we we some fools have even replaced us in, in in our land. Even though there's a lot of Africans still living in the Persian Gulf and living in in in, in the Arabian Peninsula and living in other parts of Northeast Africa, going up as far as the Tigris Euphrates. But for the most part, the invaders' children now identify themselves as the indigenous people, and we need to discuss that sometimes. Who are the people? What happened to the Greeks? Did they pack their bags and go back home when the Romans came? What happened to the Romans? Did they pack their bags and go back home when the Turks and the Arabs came? What happened to, 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 to the Turks when the British came and defeated them in the First World War? Did they pack up and go back to the Caucasus Mountain? No. These are the people masquerading across North Africa and Northeast Africa, calling themselves Arabs and having us accepting them as having a legitimate historical relationship to that geography, and they don't. And, and in that milieu, in that piece of geography, these murderers, rapists, and architects of genocide have now presented their notion of divinity and, and, and spirituality to the world at the barrel of a gun, and we think it's normal to even discuss that shit. And then I'll leave that alone. Let's go back to our thing. Because we have a thing. We are the divine. 
having the human experience. You know, we willed ourselves out of ourselves. This is our ancestors say in the pyramid text. We are the et all. Anything else is a mutation of the black stock. And any mutation is a lesser thing. And all mutations mutate out of existence eventually. But I don't think we got time to wait for the the, the process of what's that process called? Evolution to get rid of them. I think we are at the job of getting rid of the way they view reality in their minds. We need to get rid of that view out of our minds, and I thought that's what you were saying. Um, We need to stop using their words to describe the omnipotent, omnipotent, and the omnipresent aspect of ourselves. And we need to find old, new ways of doing it out of our own languages. Because when you study our language's description of divinity, they're talking about something completely different, as you well stated. The Europeans are talking about when they talk about their so-called divinity. Their concept of this removed thing that is dominating your life that's that's his concept of his beingness. He can, through force, through power, through weaponry, um, dominate the life of anybody he wants. And so the only divine he can invent behaves like him. Because in the dialogue that all people have, the only thing that you can describe in terms of his possibilities is yourself. Mm. I don't know if you understood that. Yeah, I got I caught it. No, no, I caught it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I, I cannot conceive of nothing greater than I can conceive of my possibilities being. Even at the level where I fantasize. My fantasies is rooted in reality. And so the European can only design because his God is designed in his mind. So he can only design a God that is a caricature of himself. And now he got us worshiping that caricature of himself. You know, at, 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 at the highest level is a hologram of his poor imitation of fragments of our beingness. Mm. You know what? That's a good place to pause that. That's a good place to pause, too. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Marinate on that. Uh, let me get a call in here. That's a good place to marinate. Yeah, y'all going to have to get the download and rewind that. You know, don't nobody bring it like the elder do. Yeah, I promise you this. Seven seven zero, your line is open. I'm raw squad up. I'm raw squad up. Hotep, Hotep, and honor to the elder. Hotep, Hotep. Hotep. what's good, brother? What's good? Uh, Hotep, our sister Susanette, and our brother Sanjeti. Um, yeah, I'm I'm listening in, 
And um, man, this this the kind of conversations I I uh, I live in. You know, I, I'm enjoying the conversation, the topic, and everything. There was a couple of things, um, Punk, that you mentioned early on uh, when you brought in the voodoo and uh, the definition of it being an inward um, introspection, an inward look, and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what came to mind with that is the the true definition of the word education or to educate. Because the word educate, in its original meaning, meant to bring out or lead out something from within. So it's to bring something from within you outward. And that's so a true educator was a person that assisted you in cultivating that which was already in you. And that reminded me of the um, the tenets within uh, Voodoo and also in, in Ifa, where, you know, you inculcate things within a person, you draw them out. Don't don't go with that. Let me just correct that just a little bit. What education should do is give you the tools, the tools that would allow you to bring what's inside of you out into the external ecology that you're residing yeah. in. Say mm-hmm. if you say it that way, because they it ain't gonna change the divinity. The, right. the divine essence and nature of all things is following laws that will never alter itself except in its own necessary variance. And so what what we do when we educate is give you the tools. That's why mm-hmm. we invented the thing called the seven liberal arts. We invented that as tools necessary to help us express the rhythm of nature and cosmos that is our internal self. Mm-hmm. Somebody was, was, was one of you earlier, as I was listening to you earlier, but don't you go, brother, hold your thought and come back to it. I'm good for interrupting. But you were just right on a particular point that was very good. But someone was talking earlier about the um, being the, 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 um, the DNA of your parents who the DNA of your great-parents, who the DNA of your great-great-parents. And when you follow that straight line back, you were saying, you end up to what we call the time when the divine was just the oneness. Conceptually, because the divine is still oneness, you know, because most things like space is a false perception because it's full of billion of life forms and it creates a plasma that connects everything. It appears to be nothing, but it's full of a lot of things. If you don't think so, cut mm-hmm. your hand and see all of those bacteria that's been living there all the time go to feasting on that open wound. They didn't come from someplace. They've always resided on your body by mm-hmm. the billions. And so on the 11th, I'm coming into Atlanta on the 11th, and then I'm going to shut up and let my brother continue his dialogue, which was beautiful. The 11th is the new year, the oldest new year of September, is the oldest new year celebration we know of in the world. And it takes place in Ethiopia now. And the celebration, it's called, I forgot the name, um, Chukra or Chura. But what it is, it's the celebration of a set and her sister, reconstituting the body of Sar. That's the new year. Mm. You know? That's, that's, that's the recreation. 
and 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 this yep. is celebrated all over Ethiopia, especially in the south, where the nappy heads are, because we can't confuse the descendants of the Greeks and the Romans as being the prototypical Ethiopian, because the West tend to let the lighter skin, straighter hair comes to this country. If you go to Ethiopia, there's a whole population that rarely gets a visa. You know? uh-huh. and, and they live in the uh-huh. South with their nappy hairs and their black, black, black super black uh-huh. skin and, and their locks. And they're the one that celebrates this resurrection of the Tsar back into life every year on the 11th. I was hoping to be there this year, but my capital wasn't working for me. But next year, I'm there. So come back, brother, and, and pick up right where you were talking about education and because all of us have a way, you know, if 10 people is speaking the truth to 100 people, each one may only reach one because each one explained the truth in such a way that the rhythm of it affects somebody that somebody else telling the same truth rhythm may not affect. Mm-hmm. You, you understand it? Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm shutting my mouth and I'm listening and I'm learning. Because <laughs> I've been sitting no, here a long time. No, I, I appreciate that because uh, that's that's exactly what um, I am trying to express is the fact that um, to educate it's, is to provide those tools to assist one to bring out, you know, bring to the surface, to bring out what was in back on the external out. You know, that's where the word itself um, you know, as logically means. It was just another thing that I wanted to um, comment on. Um, when I, you asked the question about, I think you asked on Jetty the question, what's the difference between the Christian God or the Indo-European mm. uh, definition mm. as known today from African? Mm. And um, one one major difference, you know, in addition to what was already said, is the fact that in the Abrahamic traditions, they separate their God from creation, almost as if uh, God uh, comes mm-hmm. comes along, does creation, does X, Y, and Z, and then goes off somewhere else, and then periodically <laughs> um, meddle, meddles in uh, the affairs of the world. Whereas in Africa, uh, for lack of better words, God is existence itself, almost yeah. like a, um, a hologram, if anyone knows about you know the mechanics of a hologram or the hologramic holographic material. Um, in in the holographic material, the entire like if you had a, a sheet of paper that was a hologram, uh, laser lights is shined to illuminate the hologram it produces a 3D uh, image. But that holographic material, um, if you were to rip it in half, each half would still have a hundred percent of the information of the whole. But and and so it would have 100% of the attributes and qualities of the full picture, whereas uh, quantitatively or, or the quantity of it would be two halves. It would be 50% of the sheet of, pe- of the sheet and 50%. If you were to separate them, rip them up, and separate them, if you uh, illuminate it, each half would still produce the full image. So that's that's the as above, so below, or this macro, micro relationship of this of this oneness. At the same time, you have this multiplicity going on. So in Africa, God is uh, God um, transforms 
of itself to become the things in and as the world itself. So therefore, we are God. God is in us. We in God, et cetera, et cetera. So it's this. It's this one to multiplicity. Let me help you then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna accept your hologram thing for a minute. <clears throat> and and that was a nice scientific explanation of it too. But in African context, there is there is no God without you as an aspect of it. God doesn't come into us. We are it. It is just yes. replicating itself in all these different expressions. But each expression, like your holographic paper, contains the totality of the it, while at the same time never separating. It's almost like a grand delusion. You know? I'm I'm yes. I'm not I'm not a human being but God embedded in me. I am God or I am the divine, I don't like the word God. I'm like the divine all in all, expressing itself as me. But as the divine expresses itself as a tomato, that tomato, when you eat it, it shares with you aspects of elements that make you up. Right? When, when you eat wheat, it shares with you aspects of elements that make you up. And so everything is everything. We don't kill other human beings and eat them in order to replenish the millions of cells that died the day before. We eat anything else in nature, including the damn pork. And it will rebuild those aspects of us that died the day before. Because nothing is alien. All things is divine, except what we have allowed the Europeans to do is like to take the temple of God's behind and call it God. If we were to use the man as an anthropomorphic metaphor for God, even that thing that we call Europeans is an aspect of divinity itself can't be no other way. Otherwise, you got two gods. And that's impossible because the whole notion of omnipotent, omnipresent, omnipotent, supreme rule out the possibility of anything existing but itself. And so it begs the question, what the hell is all the rest of us? We are it expressing itself in all of its variants. Mm. Our problem mm. is our unconsciousness of that fact. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yeah. That brings me to a real good point there. That's an excellent point. And, and that's okay. So we heard um, the great professor, and he broke it down. Now watch this. Watch how uh, those who were later on, uh, well, we know the foundation of science is in Africa, right? And so we heard the way Professor Smalls just broke that down. Okay? So now we know Napoleon and them, they went into Egypt. And they didn't just come in with the army. They came in with scientists and mathematicians. You know, they mm-hmm. was doing what they do. Chancellor William clearly tells us that, that if you really want to study African history, go to the museums, storehouse mm-hmm. of African history and science. And 
scientific development. Now, watch, watch this connection here. Professor said that that there is no God in us, that, that we're actually it. Now, how does modern science study this it, right? Modern science studies it, and then how does modern science explain it? Watch this. Modern science says there's only one explanation for the diversity of life on this planet, right? Watch this. And that's evolution. Evolution explains the diversity on life, that everything, right, had goes back to a common ancestor, that everything is basically everything. That's what modern science literally says. And the religious mm-hmm. amongst you will argue you down. When, when modern science just said the exact same thing that we said in the Nile Valley, 4,000, 5,000 BCE, we said that everything is everything. So modern science now comes back 4,500 years later and say, you know what? Everything is everything. Very, very interesting. And they use the word evolution. So in Africa, what was the word for evolution? It was Kepada. Kepada was the creator. Very, very interesting how they're not introducing anything brand new. They put the new modern terms on it. Switch the term creator for regenerator. Regenerator, absolutely. See? So don't let them trick you out of science that was yours. They just use different terms, but they say the same thing, that the diversity on life on earth, the diversity that is on earth can only be explained from the fact that it all has the same origin, that it's all it, related. Uncle, let me just tell you one thing. In Europe, the reason for their secret societies, the Masons, the Rosicrucians, etc., was to take their best mind understanding of how to explain the African sacred science and put it in a context where they can control it and keep it from their masses while using it to elevate themselves in the methodologies that would allow them to rule over those masses. Mm-hmm. I went through mm-hmm. the Freemasonic system. And all it is about is how to try and be God. That's mm-hmm. what the whole thing is. It's every one of those degrees is to raise you. That's what I said, raise you from a dead level to a living perpendicular on a square. We're going to take you and show you how to be like God. But we're going to keep it in a small circle so we can rule the others who don't know how to be like God. But to keep them from turning on us, we're going to give them a religion that purports to give them access to the thing called God. This shit is like slick that they pulled off. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing people don't catch on to it. Mm. Yeah, that is amazing. And then I always suggest people read the book, um, read the three-volume set of Black Athena. If you know anything about Mark Brunel, he's routinely yeah. uh, in the classrooms of Dr. Ben. Now, Mark Brunel says that the Masons or the Illuminati were basically those who understood that the African civilization and culture was the way. Yeah. Okay? And the Catholic That's the secret. Church demonized That's the them. That's the secret they keep yep. Yeah. That's the secret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go into some of the yeah. lodges. Brothers, they got on mm-hmm. their shikis. You hear me? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Especially in the spiritual lines, the red lines. <laughs> it's deep. But it's not as deep as they want you to think it is. No. You ever been you ever been sleeping? Somebody come and wake you up? Sleep feel good. Don't wanna wake up. Say, man, leave me alone. Let me just get a few more minutes. Your sleep feels good. But sleep is death. When it comes to being absent from an understanding of your reality. And so waking people up out of the sleep sometimes take shocking. No cold water on them. Wake up. Hit them with the truth. Mm-hmm. All right, let's catch another call ahead. I um, said, so Jetty, you want to you ask something, say something? How about you, now? Um. Um. No, I was just really thinking about something that the elder was saying earlier, saying that he's not so hard on the Hebrew Israelites, which, you know, in total difference to my elder, I am 100% the opposite. Um, I do not give any of them a break. Um, and I'm also, you know, the feminine principle. These Abrahamic religions all reinforce the Europe, the racism, white supremacy, or Arab supremacy in Islam, which puts the woman beneath or behind the man. This is totally in contradiction to, you know, the concepts, concepts of duality, complementarity, a star and offset. I mean, I, I practiced 17 years, and I can tell you that, number one, you know, especially since we had the nation, you know, we had Elijah Muhammad, who I have much respect for, um, and, you know, our brother, Omuwale, of Hajmelech al-Shabazz. I'm not going to say anything about Farrakhan because I don't respect him. But we had those two leaders who were instrumental in bringing Islam to the forefront in this country. So I do understand why. And, um, you know, there was a lot of emphasis on cleaning up and morality, which, of course, if people are walking around in a state of being dead or asleep, as you say, you know, sleep is death, then we do need to wake up because we have been here in the wilderness of North America. I understand that. But the thing is, Islam to most of the Sunni Muslim world is the haq, haq meaning the truth. People feel, oh, I was so smart not to deal with Christianity. That's what my mother raised me up on because whatever your parents raise you up on is how you generally grow up. They say the fitra, the natural way, is Islam. They know that they were smart enough not to practice Christianity, so they practice Islam. But they are fooled because one slave master is no better than another. There is a false sense of security when you come into Islam. And true, if it works for you, I guess so, but I'm thinking in totality. is detrimental to the feminine principle. It does not focus on your femininity. It may focus on your womanhood, but not your femininity for anybody you know, including yourself. Oh, it's but, really but, about you being a woman, et cetera. And uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, sister, brother. I, I, didn't, I, I was, I, that's kind of like, you, you know, I'm a martial artist sometimes. And the way you defeat your opponent, especially if you meet somebody who's like oh, better than you, it's called like faking them out. I believe mm-hmm. we have to crush those traditions. 
Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that those members of our family who are ingesting that poison, I was simply saying, let's understand why they're ingesting the poison, but we still have to give them the antidote. And we still have sure. to trust that tradition. So in no way, and I agree with you 100%, because if we take the pyramid text, after, and I think also in the Book of the Coming Forth, um, the Hunefa papyrus, when it's dealing with the last deck of Genesis, when Amun says, and, and does the last piece, he says, I created everything that my heart desired to create, and then I expanded in them. And then the last line he says is then I became aware that I came forth. This is our notion of the, the, the divinity, right? And says, then I became aware that I came forth from my mother, Nun. And you know, in the beginning of the dialogue, he says, Amun says, I created myself out of myself. Well, this was the mm. feminine factor, that's having the dialogue that becomes Amun, that's the nun, that's the feminine, the nun, that says, I created Amun, me. The Amun that was created in the dialogue is the same nun that is the feminine factor. So, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm with you three million to self. Matter of fact, I'll push you back for a minute and say, get behind me and let me take him on first. You know, but I was what I was yeah. trying to say was like, yes, we've got to crush those traditions because the way those traditions formulate the organization of the mind, it causes a paralysis that you can't unlock with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And and we have to find a way to to really attack that paralysis. So sometimes I try to separate the victims of the paralysis from the paralysis. But I also realized on some occasions uh, the victim got to, you know, we can't save them. The yeah. The disease is yeah. too, too, um, too complete. So I have to back away from the way I, I should have said that a little differently. <laughs> and so I want to thank you because sometimes... When because I'm an elder, people say, let him get away with that shit. Don't let me get away with nothing. Because <laughs> no, my... you you were on it, and I just want to compliment you on being on it. And um, those you. traditions are dangerous to the degree that, because what they do, it, it like ties your mind into a knot. They use oh, fear. Yeah. They use all of the things they said you should get rid of. They use desire. They use fear, they use envy, mm-hmm. they use they use the very things that must be destroyed in your consciousness to lock you down to those traditions, with fear being the, the most prominent of the two. Oh yes. Taki law, taki law, fear Allah, sister, fear Allah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is pronounced so much. Taki law, law. I mean, I the last three years before I left, I knew I wanted to leave. And I was feeling some guilt. I also felt a little like, oh, my God, this is my whole life. My children have gone to Islamic mm. school my whole life. How, what am I going to do? Who am I going to pray to? Who am I going to associate with? How am I going to take them out of school? And I had this fear. Okay, you know, technically in the Kitab it says the penalty for apostasy is death. I wasn't worried about any of these fools coming up after me. Yeah, that's um, some stupid and, white know, man writing that shit. And, you know? and, <laughs> and even when I was going off on Facebook, 
and, you know, left and right just chopping them up. Sisters like, you know, you need to know I'm not going to be. Because, see, I had my Harriet Tubman with me. I knew the ancestors had my back. I had my Harriet Tubman with me. Um, taking me off the slave plantation, but it was still a process because it was so it locked is. in my head. Because you're like, okay, I'm disrespecting God, or is God going to be unhappy with me? On some level, you're fearing, like, is this, you know, it's not right. Because I kept telling my imam, I'm not Arab. I eat black, I eat ribs. I don't eat camel meat. I'm so <laughs> sick of this. I'm not an Arab. The question came out when Katrina, when the victims of Hurricane Katrina um, were being affected, people were actually asking, calling Saudi, asking these Arab sheikhs, is it permissible for me to send aid to my sister in hurricane, in, who has been victimized by Hurricane Katrina? I don't need to ask an Arab if I can send money to a black woman, if she's Christian, Muslim, or whatever. Like, are you serious? If you can imagine what you went through, imagine I was an imam for 18 years. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I woke up in Mecca. I, I was in Mecca when I decided to take the white off and throw it to the ground and put on a blue dashiki, some jeans, and sneakers. Okay? Oh! All right? And, 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 and it was decided by certain forces that I would die in Mecca. They wouldn't let me out of Mecca. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They wouldn't even give me the medical treatment I need. They told me they treated me worse than I was in Mississippi. They wanted me just to die, and I, I would walk around in the morning this is after Hodge ends. I can't right. get out of the country. They won't let me out. Ooh. And I watched the thousands and thousands of people die every day, and they wrapped them in the white cloth on the board, and they circumvented Kaaba every morning with mm-hmm. these thousands of dead people. And I'm sitting there thinking, which day am I going to be on one of those slabs? And so I got rid of that white, and I came up to Jidda, and I'm sitting on a curb mm. crying, right? I just said, okay. I got on my, the only thing I could do is put on that blue dashiki. It was a, a leopard design, but it was blue. I needed something to make me African, you know? And I had on some jeans and sneakers, but I was finished. I was emaciated. I was hungry. I'd been stealing food to eat for a week. And so I'm sitting on this curb, and I'm crying. And a man starts speaking a language over me. And I look up, and I say, sorry, sir. I only speak English. And the man says, oh, I speak English. And he was dressed in a full Yoruba booba. And he was real. Oh. It wasn't a figment. He had come, he wasn't a Muslim, but he had come to Jeddah to bring his father, who was a Muslim, to Mecca. But he was a practicing Yoruba. And oh. that's the man that saved my life and got me out of Saudi Arabia on French Airways and the Saudis refused me to fly. So I know what you're feeling like. You know what I'm saying? I'm oh, in Mecca denying you, Allah. <laughs> and I go, what and community they tell, were you with? You know, ma'am? What, com- what community were you part of? When Malcolm X was assassinated, I'm the person that took over as the imam of the Muslim mosque. Oh. I was wow. 21 years old I, at that time. And yeah, I'm a very good mm. kept secret in America. But I'm not a secret to everybody. Um, I took my but, took my shahada but, on Bradford Place in Newark, and then I was never lived in the community, but I was familiar with you know Iman Issa, Doctor York, Malachi Sadek, whatever he was calling himself that day. But when I moved yeah. here to the D.C. area, I was Sunni, but I became Salafi in 2001. That was it. That was it. That was like the downfall because the Salafis are basically you know what the media likes to call Wahhabi. I am not Arab. I am a black woman. Oh, oh, I know. I still be. 
tell, I was one of the foremost teachers of the jurisprudence of all the schools. Wow. And I went before the Rabat of Islamim, the Rabbital. And it's, you know, most people don't even know such a thing exists, that there's a college of jurisprudence representing all of the four schools of juris of Islam in Mecca. Oh, the Rabbitat? You said the Rabbitat? The, the Rabbitat, yes. The Rabbitat oh. of Islamim. And, you know, people go there, when we go there, they do this give people books and little money. I don't, I don't want your books. I don't want your money. I want to meet with you to talk about the racism and the anti-Africanism in Islam. Me and me and my little black self in Mecca all by myself because the people who left me got caught as they abandoned me. You know, One of them was Malcolm Nephew. He left me. and I said, I'm not leaving. I'm confronting them. They put the CIA on me. They tried to arrest me and take me to the American Council that I escaped. They would pick me up in Kennedy like four weeks later. And I confronted them. And the person who helped me was the then Mufti of the Sudan. He facilitated my coming before the body. And the first thing those fools offered me was a million dollars. I told them, I don't want your money. They couldn't get it. Hey, I was broke, starving, hungry, dirty. And I wouldn't take their money. You know? But I saw my ancestors there. I saw the, for the lack of a better word, the deities of Africa walked with me when I thought I was going insane. Did not understand mm-hmm. what those things were, why they kept bothering me every night, why I would like go and walk and walk until I found an African community when I didn't speak their language to sleep in those communities because it was the only place I felt safe in Mexico. And um, But it would all become clear to me once I came back home and tell the community I was resigning as their imam and I would no longer um, lead their community. And I walked away from the mosque. I didn't do one more um, prayer or teaching in the mosque after I came from Mecca. Oh. The, the truth was all just so clear. <laughs> it just unfolded. Yes. Crystal, wow, you came, it's like you came back, like the book is called The Book of Coming Forth by Day, you came forth through yourself, I mean, for mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, I understand how it is to have that divine intervention because I was just ready to leave. I had my Harriet Tubman, and I have mm-hmm. not looked back. And I said it, it was like, to me, it was just like coming back into who I, who I really that's, am. That's what you, you gave birth to yourself. Exactly, you exactly. And, and that's when, that. and, wow. and when we talk about a star and a set, we're talking about giving birth to ourselves. I am my mother. I'm all of the aspects of my mother. I'm all the aspects of my father. I'm all the aspects of their parents before. I'm all the aspects of their parents, the eight, all the aspects of their parents, the 16th and the 32 and the 64, and infinitely until I'm back to the divine, just as one of you explained that straight line earlier. And so when we get lost in this warfare against our spiritual consciousness, what we have to do is spiritually give birth to ourselves. And that's what you did, and that's what I did. But we didn't do it alone. Some body of information, some spirit that's lodged in the cells of our body and the molecules from the DNA of our ancestors 
got to a point where they say, I'm not taking this shit no more. I'm not ingesting this shit anymore. I'm regurgitating it. And in the regurgitation, they gave birth. It was a rebirth to themselves as you. Yeah, it was like your soul just started. It was like it was like my soul was just going through convulsions. It, it mm-hmm. was it was like I can't take this anymore. I can't take this. I was just flicking off at the slightest thing. I went into the mansion. The sister said something, pissed me off. I said I'm out. I didn't even. I wasn't raised to go to a dirty, filthy house of worship. I'm a black woman. I mean, I, everything just pissed me off. My imam was just. Just the hypocrisy. I just couldn't do it. I just could not do it. My soul was just going through a major convulsion. And, you know, when your soul happened in your own life, you can't do it. Something happened to you, and it was happening in pieces, and it turned the light on in your temple. It Mm -hmm. lit your temple. And once that light came on, you could see all the garbage, you know. And sometimes. my blackness. And negating my womanness, my femininity. I, I, that's what I still can't stand. It. I don't deal with it if it's anti-African or anti-feminine. Those are two. Th- those are the two things that made me just. I said I can't do it. Y'all got the problem. I'm saying y'all got the problem. Want to be Arabs? Yeah. You're not saying you're God. Mm. You're the divine. Having this experience, and so, Amen Ra. What's your name again, sister? Because you know I'm old. Sutanat T.A. Pat Haru. Okay, sister. See, that's too long for me to give it a chance. Sutanat is fine. Sutanat is fine. But, but, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that the divine expresses itself as you. You are. You know, like in the yoga where they say, I'm Shango, I'm, I'm Ogun, mm-hmm. I'm Yamajan. Mm-hmm. Each of those elements, uh, an aspect of the elements that make up the totality of beingness. And each of us have in ourselves all of what makes up the totality, but we have one or two that is accentuated, you know? And so in you, there were certain aspects of the divinity that accentuated itself because it had enough of something that was causing injury to the greater temple. And so that that aspect of divinity in you, that is you, rose up and say, I will not, just as you were explaining, I will not take this anymore. But you are the same divinity that lives in the 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 bamboo shoot in China. That same divinity is also you. The same divinity that is the bumblebee. That same divinity is the water. It's just expressing itself differently. You know, I can be water. I can be air. And you know, all the things we call the deities are also all of the things we call the elements. So I can uh-huh. be water. And I will still be me. I can be air, and I am still me. I can be minerals or land, earth, and I'm still me. I can be the gases, which we call the sky, and I'm still me. 
I can be the forest, I can be the tree, I can be the animals, and all of them is still the same being, having different experiences within itself. And when we understand that and get rid of the fear, that first, that fear of dying, that's the most restrictive of all of them. I'm going to kill you if you don't do what I want you to do. And then you go like, oh, shit, I don't want to die. Nobody says, so, you know, flash. That's the one thing everybody's guaranteed to do. And nobody knows when and how it's going to come, so why are you going to be afraid of it? And if you look at our tradition and all of the cultures of Africa, one of the things it mastered was the fear of death. And that's why the way we dealt with ancestry and the way we dealt with transition is so different from any other cultural group in the world. Because we dealt with it as a rite of passage, a necessary rite of passage that you prepared for and that you looked forward to. And when you are there, nobody can use that process to restrict and cause paralysis in your beingness and your behavior while you're in this form on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on one second, Professor. We got 90 seconds to call in. Uh, the calling number is 347-857-2055, man. You're listening to the great Professor uh, James Smalls and Amaral Squad. I'm among great and- people in the Amaral Squad here. Y'all are fantastic. Y'all blew my mind tonight. I was like, damn. I'm going to go start listening a little more. But y'all yeah, well, know, you I know, that's how I just want to validate it. Conceptually, you understand what beingness is. And if you're not there where y'all were talking tonight, then you're a slave. So we have to free the slaves. And the only way you can free the slave is not to be a slave. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Eight thirty seconds. Call in. Call number is three four seven eight five seven two zero five five. Y'all know what it is, man. Uh, today's show is being brought to you by Niggas Footwear. You know what I'm saying? They're the home of the RBGs, man. Yep, we're gonna have that powerful um, lecture on the twelfth. Um, y'all can get y'all advanced tickets on Eventbrite. Type in Amaral Squad. Uh, tickets uh, $24 online. Uh, you know, we're hoping a lot of people going to be there. And I know you will to get this uh, true African education. We're not pulling no punches. Uh, you know, African science and technology, a way to save the black community. Brother Seti is going to be there, and I'm going to be honored to be with that young king and listening to his wisdom and his science. Um, I know Ankh's going to be there. You should name all of the people in the squad that's going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. because we're going to try our best to serve mm-hmm. a gourmet African spiritual cuisine. You know? mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's absolutely that, uh, Brother Professor. I'm just basically hoping that the brothers and sisters can kind of like, um, uh, you know, get it the way we got it. You know, we got to study the master tapes. Uh, y'all can go online. And, you know, I talked about a particular tape that you did, the one on voodoo. I found that to be the most viewed one on YouTube. It's very yeah, interesting and intriguing. Piece. Love that piece. That's that piece right there. Yeah. Uh, it inspired a lot of people. Um, you want to kind of let me? I tell you what. 
we're going to get back on that. I want to kind of talk about that piece you did. Maybe you can kind of um, touch on that. Let me let me open up uh, one. How, how much time you got left? Me? I want to be greedy. Yeah. No, nah, I'm sitting in my living room. So, huh? so I got all night. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. All right. Okay. Let me go. The rest of the time to get up in the morning and take my wife to her work. But that's our ritual every morning for two hours. We ride together. Okay. All right. Let me let me grab this call right here. Three oh seven, three three four seventy nine is old. My mom's squad up. Peace. Peace and blessings. What's going on, brother? Yeah, nothing much. Ooh. Nothing much. Uh, I'd like to say peace and blessings to the elder. Peace and blessings, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Peace to everybody else. Yeah. Um. Y'all have covered a whole lot of things and. And the things that I wanted to uh, bring, it seems like Unc and uh, the Elves just just uh, said, it, said it all in one nutshell. But uh, like, I want to speak on that Islam thing, okay? Because I was part of Islam too, and my son was telling me somebody at his job was trying to uh, recruit him into Islam. This this uh, guy from Yemen, and and. Uh, mm-hmm. Told this guy that I was Muslim and he wanted to talk to me because he seen me wasn't getting aware of my son. My son said he don't need Muslim and all. He don't need to be Islam and all that. So he thought once he talked to me that we're gonna sit down and discuss uh, the Quran and all this that and other. But I plainly told him I said, listen, you know, I gave my son everything he needs to be a man and to be successful in this life. He don't need Islam. He don't need none of that. Well, why, why would you say that? I say pretty much this. Okay, you you understand DNA, right? Yeah. Well, we've been on this earth over a million years, and at the end of that million year, years, we gave, speaking about the African people, we gave civilization to the world. Well, that information has been passed through DNA, going back from uh, my father to his father and his mother and and, and so forth, so on. So it's our birthright to be civilized. It's our birthright to have morals. It's already instilled in us. Mm-hmm. No book's basic foundation is to teach people morals and to teach them to be civilized. So therefore, it's not it's not meant for us. It's meant for y'all. Okay. Thank you, brother. I used to say that in a lot of my speeches. I'm glad that somebody mm-hmm. else was saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, and I also told him that, uh, and I told him this the other day, that, uh, yeah, that uh, Hadith and Shariat, the only thing that is, is instilling Arab culture into the people that's not Arab. That's mm-hmm. all that is. He said, how so? So I said, basically, that's their way of the, the, the Hadith tells people, people that, okay, if you want to uh, live through the Quran every day, through your daily lives, then you do the, you do this hadith, you do this hadith, saying that hadith, and that, that's just agriculture. But we went on and went on and went on, and you know I told him all the African things in Islam. But I wanted to ask the, the, uh, the elder if we don't die, mm-hmm. because I, I remember y'all were saying we got to give new definition and new meanings of things. Well, if we just transform into another. Uh, uh, reality, mm-hmm. then we don't die. So why do we keep saying we die? We just move on. Let, let me ask you a question. 
How okay. many children? How many children you have? I have well, I had four, but two passed away, so I have two. Okay. Do they have children? No, not yet. Okay. Those children are you. That's you moving through eternity, and their children will be you, as you are your ancestors. We are eternal. This this body of matter, this mineral conglomeration that houses this rhythm that we call the spirit, when we return the rhythm to the earth so it can become a part of someone else's matter, the rhythm that we are, we've already, it's like that passage in the pyramid text. Amun says, I created all that my heart desired, and then I expanded in them. You have expanded in your children when you had the intercourse with their mother. That was you in that sperm. You understand? Okay, yeah. That was the totality of you in that sperm continuing your journey into eternity. And you know, the, and 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 Kemet, they talk about the ba, the ka, the kat, the kut. They talk about all of these as of our expression, our energy expression, and our matter expression. All the when you give your children the totality of you at that moment, even the you that is still living on is being attracted to them. Every vibration you make, every thought you have, every odor you give off, every bit of the gas that oozes from your body into the atmosphere that they share, all of it represents a configuration of your perspective on your reality, and that, too, become a part of your opportunity. Excellent. You, you understand me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so this thing, what the white man, that's why in Africa... The 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 ancestors is called God, as the brother was saying earlier, and the word they use in the Akan is Nana. Nana means king. Nana means God. Nana means ancestor. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, like mm-hmm. totality of, mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. of one. Yes. Okay, I got mm-hmm. you. We all are right, the world. Man, let me get this next caller. <laughs> we are the world. Let me stop. All right, let me get to the next caller right here. <laughs> we are the children. All right, 803, your line is open. I'm a raw squad up. I'm a raw squad up. Peace and pan-African power. Man, this is a really refreshing conversation. I'm really enjoying it. Big up to the Amaral squad, bringing the elder onto the scene. He's standing out. We see you, um, Professor Smalls. Yes, sir. Good to see. You. Good to see you back on the front stage again, supporting and fighting in the cause. Yes, sir. Just, just trying to validate the young people and let them know, like you're on the path. Don't let nobody shake you off of that path. That's right. And of course, I can't wait to uh, formally meet you um, <laughs> um, this weekend. I think it's going to be a powerful lecture. Yes, sir. I'm planning on being in the building. I know uh, all of y'all are going to represent. 
and, and make make us proud and give us some great information. Uh, can't wait to get a pair of RBGs. Hmm. I can sport those new shoes. Uh, yeah, I saw them for the first time last night, so I'm on. I know I'm gonna give his brother a pair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got <laughs> size, size thirteen, brother. Size thirteen. <laughs> oh, they got the thirteen mm-hmm. now. We ain't got no, the 13s ain't in yet. All right, boy. Okay. Mm. Well, you got your pair, though, uh, Professor. You know that. Yes, sir. You I'm going to leave my answer. Answer. Hey, We got oh, you. Boy. Yeah, that's, that's going to be easy. You, you, you know, you know, Leonard Jeffrey's got his pair, so you know you got your pair. Oh, that's wow. That's it. Tell me you got his. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got him. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's my big brother. Uh, I've been rolling with that brother for 50 years, brother. 50 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. I've been rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just always want to support the squad. I know uh, Brother Asar Imhotep over in uh, Egypt right now doing his thing. I hear mm-hmm. Sanjeti on the line. Um, I'm hoping to uh, finally get to see uh, Ngozi um, and all the other brothers. So I don't know if going to be there. But uh, <clears throat> no, Amara squad is just, you know, on the front lines doing that thing. And uh, it's really um, a pleasure to be, you know, be in the midst of these guys. Um, Supporting them and, and well, you know, just, just yeah, this is great. These young people represent the greatest generation we've had, and don't let nobody fool you, like that we are lost, or that we uh, this generation don't have but the generation. Well, this is the greatest generation we've ever conceived of in ourselves, and and we need to understand that light is not only beam but it's also particle. You know, and it travels, and so we this this darkness that we're trying to erase. Sometimes we confuse the false notion of instant with process. I think Sister was talking about process earlier. Even the changing of the mind, bringing it out of the darkness into the light, is a process which involves time. That's why we invented time as a way of understanding the steps that make up the process. And so the lighted temple that we have to become in order to give guidance to those in the dark is the process. And each of us right. here who are talking tonight, you know, we are trying to build the lighted temple that is us so we can show others how to build the lighted temple that is them and that those lighted temples then begin to build more lighted temples, and and it's the process, you know. Sure, and, and remember, the law of opposite is always operative. We'll never ever wipe out darkness because darkness is as much an aspect of divinity as light is. And that's, that's why right. this dialogue about uh, uh, Set and Haru having those battles at sunset and at dawn is a metaphor to explain to you that each of the aspects, the aspect of light and the aspect of darkness, is as necessary for the other as the the the, the one is for itself. You know? mm-hmm. and so, I mean, our ancestors are just so brilliant. They just left us everything. We just got to go and study. They left us everything they needed. Exactly. Yeah, that's one yeah, thing I can't understand why a, a 
can somebody explain to me the culture of the Bedouins? Why would they, them being a, a, a people of nomads that, that travel and roam, why all of a sudden would they stop at the bottom of the Nile and develop a whole civilization and then decide to move on or not move on and stay for three to 6,000 years? Uh, I, I can't I can't comprehend the of them doing that. Oh, well, you want me to help you with that real quick? Because they weren't Bedouins. <laughs> That's a false modern notion. The people we call them the Bedouins, these are the Greek and the Roman crackers and the and the, and the Arab crackers from the Caucasus <laughs> Mountains who had invaded mm-hmm. our land, okay? And we have to define them and stop acting like they're us. No, they came in and murdered us, genocide us, raped our women for centuries. This is long before the transatlantic slave trade stopped. And we need to have that discussion. The brothers and sisters who created the magnificent civilization along the Nile, remember the Nile is longer than the part we see manifest in Egypt. This Mm -hmm. civilization goes all the way down to southern Africa. But in the tropical rainforest, the things that would survive in the warmth of the sand and dryness of the desert and that had rocks where you can embed it, could not survive in the rainforest. So you have to learn the language. It survived in the language. It survived in the dance. It survived in the rituals. It survived in the tattoos. It survived in the scarifications. Okay? The same wisdom you see in Kemet, you can find all along that Nile. Mm-hmm. But it survived in different forms depending on what was in the ecology that you could use. So when you see someone speaking a language, like in, in, in there's a book, came out a long time ago, it was written by a cracker, he did a good job. It's called Montu. I don't know if any of you have ever read Montu. But in, in Montu, he's, he's, he's dealing with, the, with the, our language that's basically in the East African, the one they like to call it... Um, the Bantu. Um, but in it, he talks about people, place, and thing. And it's into, kentu, bintu. Now, the into is the divine. That's, that's, that's the language word for the creator and the divine. And so you cannot even say in language people, place, or thing without making the suffix Divinity. You understand? Right. The divinity is in every and all things. So when I talk about people, I have to, the suffix of it has to be the divinity. When I talk about place, the suffix is divinity. When I talk about thing, the suffix is divinity. So that in the language you see, they're telling you that what we call the divine is in every and all things at once. Now, if you go over to West Africa and the tropics where you're with the airway, who have a beautiful language, too. They have a word for the divine. It's called Sobe Lisa. Translation, the totality of creation is divinity. It is out of that language that the word voodoo comes. And so they say voodoo godzi. Voodoo godzi means the essence of the divine. That's what voodoo means, the essence of the divine. Godzi means man. So 
So if you want to, you could not identify man except to identify man as being containing the essence of divinity. So you said voodoo godzi. And when you wanted to talk about nature, you said voodoo daha. Means daha means nature. But voodoo is the essence of the divine which inundates all things in nature. The sobelisa is the totality of creation which is con- in it is contained all that is. And it is only the all that is that makes up the divinity. The divinity yeah. isn't sitting up there and the rest of the things sitting down here. No. Everything that is makes up the divinity. You know? mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Oh, one, mm. one last thing I wanted to say. No, 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 no. You, one last time you said <laughs> Go to the next call. Um, I, I, I wanted to... Oh, hold I on, wanted, uh, real quick. No, no, come on. I just wanted to name that book oh, that um, he was talking about. Um, oh, it's that, called that, that Montu, the, uh, M-O-N-T-U. I forgot the author, and I got it from Is it, is it, is it uh, J- Jahan Jan? Yes, Jan. That's it. Right, uh, yeah, I, I definitely... Uh, uh, I had that book. Yeah. <laughs> read it again. Sometimes we read these things when we're young and we go back to it some years later and so much more light unfolds for you. Oh, yes. Actually, I just, I just um, start, you know, st- started studying it, you know, rereading it because of uh, the topic that we're discussing tonight, you know, the, the, um, the expression of, of being, you know, being as being expressed in the multitude um, of itself, you know, there's nothing separated. And that book um, mentions something about that with the word Muntu, and it has the different words for the different um, attachments. Where I see God and man come out to be the same word. You can't say man without, without adding God as the substance. Exactly, exactly. Yes, and and that's true, by the way, for all African languages. Mm-hmm. It's not true for the European language. It's not true for many of the Asiatic Euro languages, but it's true for the African language, and it's true for the indigenous African Asiatic languages, which is different from that, um, what, what does it call, that Aryan who have invaded into Asia from the ice. Hmm. All right. Good man. Let me catch this caller right here. Three one three, your line is open. I'm a raw squad up. What's your name? That's good. Peace. Off call from Detroit. Um, what's going on, dude? Want to give uh, peace, peace. What's good, man? Want to give respect and honors to the uh, elder for coming on and kicking it with us. Uh, peace to Sutnet. Peace to my brother from another mother, Uncle Kekka, God Killer, and all the other what's brothers good? on the line. Uh, I got two questions for you, Elder. Um, The first one, uh, do you think it's practical for us to develop some kind of uh, universal nomenclature so that we could uh, prevent uh, suspected racists from steering the conversation and the narrative of all the conversations that we have? I think we need to learn our history and then learn in learning the history, learn the culture, and in learning the culture, we learn the sacred science of the ancestors. If we are common in our understanding of that, no one 
can divert us. One of the weaknesses is our lack of knowledge of the ways of our ancestors. You know, um, and and even when we study history, the way we study history in the Western context is all wrong. You know, you study history separate from culture. You study history separate from the sacred science that culture informs us of. And when you study history, the West, they, they study history as events, as certain events that they think is important. That's not the way we should study history. The way we should study history is to study the, the life of your mother. You need to study and understand her culture. Even when our people were expressing themselves using Christianity as the, the spiritual tool, Look at how they express themselves in that tool. Don't get caught up on the tool. And let me tell you why I say it that way. My grandmother, one day, I grew up in this plantation in South Carolina called Arcadia, one of these rice plantations down there on the river, back up in the swamp. I grew up literally in the friggin' jungle, right, in an African village. And one day when I'd been away and I came back home and my cousin Francis had come back home, and we were sitting on the porch with my grandmother. Francis came from church angry. He said, ah, oh, Pigeon, uh, you know, Reverend Bezalou is all wrong. He's stealing the people's money. The people got this tree put up in the church, and they're putting the envelopes on. It's called the money tree. And he's singing and dancing the pot, picking the money off the tree. <laughs> I had to laugh because I'd never heard of this. And I grew up there. My granddad, he was a preacher. He was a licensed preacher. He couldn't be an ordained preacher because he had killed the brother. But he was this licensed preacher. He never let us. We never knew such a thing. So Mama said to my cousin, who was very angry and upset with the rubber minister, he said, boy, you ever seen that money tree before? He said, no, Mother Pigeon. He said, well, if I have a money tree all your life. He said, but you see where your mask sitting? I ain't in the church. I answered on the porch with Jenna. And I never took y'all to church on Money Tree Day. He said, don't blame the reverend as much as you blame those who put the money on the tree. He said, because if the money wasn't put on the tree, he wouldn't pick them off. And so he says, he was talking about a sermon my grandfather preached. It was called, if you ain't put them there, it ain't going to come. So if you ain't put yourself there, that enemy ain't going to come. If we understood our knowledge, our sacred science, which comes from understanding culture. You know, people think culture is dancing and theater and, and, and music. But no, culture is a tool that explains, that should. Culture is a tool that should explain the sacred science, meaning our understanding of cosmos and nature and ourselves, to ourselves. That's what culture is supposed to do. That's what you use music for. That's what you use drama for. That's what you use dance for, to explain yourself to yourself. But the white man has made us use culture wow. differently, you know? And so we can't learn no more. So when I study history, I have to study the culture of my ancestors. I have to study why Mama would say, don't blame that preacher more than you blame the people who put the money on the tree. They were creating this pimp and enjoying it. You know, and so she said she and her husband 
never took us to church because we never knew about the street thing until that day, which had been going on for years. I was a man of 22, 23 when this occurred. And so to think these old people who were in that church, running that church, still maintain an African science that she could put into the metaphor, if you ain't put them there, it ain't going to come. And it took me a long time to understand because I thought maybe Mama was wrong in vindicating Rav in some way. When I started thinking about it, though, if you ain't put him there, it ain't going to come. And then she used herself as the example of never having taken any of her children or grandchildren to church on that day so that we didn't partake in that atrocity. And because they had a truth that they were using the only vessel available to help them articulate that truth. Now, Mama was a root woman, so she had more maybe than the average. And she got it from my great-grandfather, who was also a root man. From He was from Uganda. And so she did have something that made her the healer, you know, and, and, and the teacher at that very sacred level. But more than her and them, what we have to do when we study history, we can't just go back to Kemet and to the continent. We have to study the thoughts of the people on those plantations. We have to study the thoughts of our grandmothers. We have to study the thoughts of our aunties and uncles. We, yes, they were damaged. They were injured. They were in a battle. They were beat up. They were scarred up. But they were still fighting to retain. And they hid things African within the language that we call our Creole or, or um, what's the other word? our Ebonics, but even those of us who talk about the culture, we're ashamed to go and examine our Ebonics, our Creole, to see if the African grammar structure has hidden some spiritual truth for us that allow our great-grannies and them to rise above white oppression in a way that we can rise even higher now with the technology and the knowledge we have. But if we don't study them, if we don't understand our history, our culture and the sacred science that they were protecting and projecting, then we'll never be able to fight the enemy off because the enemy only has sway when he can enter your mind. When he enters mm. your mind, he's got your behind. Mm. He only has sway. And that's why when Sister was talking about her liberating herself, because she threw the enemy out of her mind. And she allowed for the African divinity to again occupy that space, psychospiritually and intellectually. And Mm -hmm. so that's where we've got to go. History, culture, sacred science. Once we, and you're right, brother, we must have a commonness in this understanding. It is at that place that they're so afraid of. That's why they don't want to teach our history in the school. That's why they don't want to teach our children in kindergarten for the black history. We may poop with his old black history. It ain't nothing. They obviously think it's something that they fight so damn hard to keep it from being. Because they know whenever a being can see itself yesterday, it can recreate itself for tomorrow in an appropriate way. They understand That's that. They understand that. That's right. That's right. Well, I appreciate that uh, answer. Um, the second question was dealing with my art. 
and the uh, the duality of it. Um, I was just uh, wondering, do you think it's problematic in the context of my for us to continue when we're talking about white oppression to say the white man and negate the white woman? I think what what we were saying when we said the white man, it used to include the white woman. You know, I don't think our elders, maybe today we're confusing things, but I don't think our elders was talking about the white male when they said the white man. They were talking about the white female and the white male because that white male is produced by that white female. That mind of that white male is designed by the white female. So um, when we say the white man, we're talking about his female and his male. They represent one one body. And and remember mm-hmm. now, the white man is not a man that is corrupt. That's the mistake we've been making. He's not a man that is evil. He's not a man that is wrong. He is what he is. That is his normal, natural beingness. And if we get that part clear, we'll realize that one of the problems and the major problem wrong with this world is not the white man being other than himself, but the black man being other than himself. Because we are imitating the white man, we are confusing the wealth that he's got from murder and mayhem and rape and plunder with resources that he has earned. And so we are now trying to imitate his false path to riches. And we become him. The white man is not the enemy. It's the white man and the black man that is the enemy. He could be there all day and all night being the white man. If I'm the black man, he doesn't exist. I don't know if I can say that any better. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, One thing we don't do is is be who we supposed to be. We want to be everything else. We and we hear it all throughout the community. We want to be Native American. You want mm-hmm. to be this. You want to be Hindu. You want to follow their traditions. The Chinese. You you wear these symbols all over your body, and everybody turn their back on the very power source of the world. Man, That's you know what I'm saying? Like technology and science starts in Africa, right? I mean mm-hmm. the resources, the abundance. They they remember they demonized your spirituality. Took it and formed modern science. Why they use it? Left you, left behind dry while you're in the sky looking for the power to fall out. Why they use your, your science and technology to control the world? And then so we routinely hear on the squad, we routinely hear people say, y'all practicing the white man's science. No, we keep it in tradition. No, the white man's practicing our science. He's practicing our science. And if you just go back to, I think it's the Moscow Papyrus and mm-hmm. the Ryan Mathematics Papyrus. <clears throat> and you look at the, the different problems and the formula, you see every bit of Greek geometry there in our literature thousands of years before the Greeks. You see the Pythagorean mm-hmm. theorem 2,000 years before Pythagoras. You see um, all of the major, even algebra, which they give to some Arab, Jabri, 
or Gibraltar, whatever. If you go into problem 16 and onward, they're solving a problem using two or more unknown. That's algebra. And so solving the problems and explaining the relationship, that's basically what mathematics does. It explains the relationship of things, you know, and then it goes into the deeper replication or supplication of things. You can use numbers to explain them. Even if you go back as far as one of their so-called great um, philosopher, Plato, he has a dialogue called Phaedrus. And you don't see people quote Phaedrus very much because it doesn't deal with what the white man wants to hear. But if you go to a book, The History of Mathematics, by a guy named Kujari, in his introductory chapter in the first paragraph, that entire paragraph is a quoting of Plato's dialogue, Phaedrus, where in this dialogue he says the African has given the world all of the sciences. And then he names them, medicine and this and this and this and this, arithmetic, uh, geometry. This is their Plato now. And then he says in his last breath, but the greatest science of all that given to the world is the science of writing itself. Hmm? And so mm-hmm. if we just took their ancestors' observation of our ancestors, it vindicates us. But what if we then went to our ancestors and listened to them? What if we suck on the breast of our ancient mother? for the understanding we need to have in constructing our personal characters and constructing our family character in constructing our community character and constructing our nation character. See, because that's what this is about in the final analysis, not just about us sounding like we know some shit, you know. This is about what is it that we know that we could use to transform ourselves and then transform and build a family that can become a part of a transformed, well-structured community that can become a part of a well-structured nation that's built on the principles that our ancestors so demonstrated for us in all that they did. The pyramid isn't just a building. It is a process for designing anything that is going to have stability with appropriate foundation. Mm. So we have to... And that's the... Um, the oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm, I'm done. Wow. But I'm our squad. You need to come in on that piece of Ma'at a little bit more, you know, because I know y'all deep in understanding Ma'at and explain, you know, Ma'at isn't just a woman with a wing and feather in her head. It isn't just... The scale, these are symbols, these are anthropomorphic symbols that our ancestors used to explain a concept that takes place in each human being every second of that human being's life. And if you understand that concept and you're able to use your mind to enforce it within your character, your spiritual character, your intellectual character, then you will produce a being that is my 
So that's why in 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 in, in the admonition of Ma'at it doesn't say thou shall not kill. That is in in stating that there's an assumption that someone is so ignorant backwards and that a second party must instruct them. But if you read the admonition of Ma'at, it says, I have not. I'm aware of what is right and wrong. And I'm professing to the universe, both within me and without me, that I have not done this. I have not done this. I have not done this. I take responsibility for the me so that in doing so, I take responsibility for the you. The Ma'at is a deep thing. Because that woman with the wing is within your psyche, in your consciousness. That scale is in every molecule and cell in your body. And as you conceive of yourself for the next second of your being, if you can... If you conceive of yourself outside of the context of Ma'at, even for the next minute, then you've committed suicide. Mm. You've committed suicide. Mm. And that's why okay. knowledge becomes so important, history is so important, culture is so important, our sacred science is so important. And they're not separate from each other, though we name them separate. They are, they are a fusion they're a fusion. One cannot exist without the other. There's a complementary fusion in all those aspects of our being. I wanted to um I just wanted to quote something from the um mathematical papyrus, the actual opening line of the mathematical papyrus that kind of speaks to those people who who uh, kind of um raise an eyebrow to operating in science and claiming that it's a white man's or European uh, invention. But in the mathematical papyri, the opening sentence says, Tephesib, um, which means right method of investigating nature to know all that exists, all mysteries, and all things secret. Mm-hmm. For that purpose, this papyrus role was written. So it tells and you right, right there... And right there, that is the entire foundation for what the West says is science. It's all oh, it's not exactly. scientific unless you do this. Well, there it is. The ancestors lay it out. What he called his scientific methodology, you just read it. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. which which is to calculate the best calculations, the correct method. That's, that, that's, that is yeah. the scientific method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, may I add something in there as well? Um, you know, and again, in many of our Masonic circles, there is a, I'll call it intellectual worshiping of, of the Greek Pythagoras. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think the elder had, you know, mentioned the name earlier, you know, and I've had many discussions with, with other Masonic brothers, and, you know, and I've traveled that path as well, you know, that Pythagoras did not create the Pythagorean theorem. In fact, um, you know, Elder actually mentioned how over 2,000 years before Pythagoras even existed, it was in the papyrus, and specifically, it's the Berlin Papyrus Catalog 6619, where we have what's called the Pythagorean Theorem, per se. You know, we know it as um, 3 squared plus 4 squared equals 5 squared. All right? 5 squared, we know is 25. But on the papyrus, 
we use 100 on that on the right side of the equation line, or 10 squared. All right, so it's the exact same proportion. So it's the Berlin Papyrus catalog 6619. All right, well, to be look, specific, look, that look, is it. look at it, and what you see is simply the mother, father, and child. Mm-hmm. Think on the shelf. Yeah. You got the mother and the father and the child. That is what they call in the Pythagorean theorem because he tries to imitate how we were explaining it and tried to explain it to an infantile community in Greece so that they could understand that they needed to understand how being came to be. Some of the things we make complicated is so simple because we do them every day. If we're breathing, we've already lived the totality of Nile Valley civilization. Once you're born, all of the things that they're explaining as an aspect of the life of any being, whether you're aware or unaware of it, you are living out the Nile Valley experience every day as yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not slipping off of the cliff, right? That's it. Me- meaning because I, I know I'm with the Amara squad, and I know I got to be on point, you know. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 mm-hmm. that's it. You got. Well, we we're, we're learning from you right now. No, let me tell you right. a big secret. The one thing I remember, my first sensei, second sensei, we used to have over the door of the dojo. That the one thing that I know. It's how much there is to know. So even though I'm the elder, I know I'm a student every single day until I die. The youngest child can teach me more wisdom than I've learned in all of the 70 years I've been here. So don't confuse me thinking I'm some sector or great receptacle. I'm going to learn on Saturday much more than I'm going to be able to teach. I've learned tonight, listening to you, much more than you have any idea. But I'm so pleased. I'm, I'm like so enormously pleased that if this configuration called James Small go out of existence as James Small, that the consciousness that will restore Ma'at is eternal. It's in each of you guys. And sisters, you are Ma'at. You are the lighted temple. There's, there is no need for someone like me to feel, oh my God, what's going to happen? Everything is going to be absolutely fine. I heard you all tonight. You have learned the wisdom. All of us, myself included, have to make sure that we ingest the wisdom so that we become the wisdom. That's the hardest part of all of this, is becoming the wisdom that we are trying to teach the others. That's why I started off... Go ahead. I was saying that's why I started off... um, when I came in on the call, this is this is the the topic 
the the that matters. You know, this kind of topic, this kind of uh, discussions. This is what we need to open classes with and and um, bring people, bring it to the people, and and have these kind of discussions because to to sort out this wisdom and then to apply it and to become it is is part of our liberation. You know, and to restore ourselves. It's this, this kind of subject matter and an understanding and grasping of it is uh, is real important, and that's that's important to me. So I'm, I'm, that's why I said I'm at home in this kind of conversation. <clears throat> I feel comfortable. But well, I'm going to ask my sister a question if she doesn't mind before you take the next call, because you've been quiet for a good minute. Mm-hmm. You are the source of our being. See, I can't give birth on the first occasion. Only you can. So you must be the mother of the first occasion. So talk to us about that, if you understand. I know you understand me. On on the first occasion, when nothing exists but you, and that first occasion that we call creation, from your mind, talk to us about it. Are you talking about from conception? <laughs> you talking about from conception to bringing forth birth, bringing well, forth a child? No, no. I'm a, let me go. Let me go. Yes, I'm talking about that, but I'm talking about something else. I'm saying to you, yes, that you are the primordial waters of noon. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. You are not metaphorically. You are the primordial waters of noon. And I just want you to go into your spirit and talk to us about that because it is that primordial feminine noon that creates the masculine amen that allows for all of the replication of creation to this moment to take place. So I just want to hear the female talk about that. It's funny because I... I like to do in, you know, quote-unquote esoteric matters, spiritual matters, and the primordial waters of noon have always been interesting to me for more than one reason. But being the great mother, the divine African feminine, the sacred feminine, um, you know, those waters are still and they are deep. And I feel within myself and many of my sisters that we we have such a big, we have such a huge birthright, I don't know if that's the right word, birthright or our being, our being as a black African woman, our being, just being black woman is such a colossal, monumental honor. There's nothing like being the great mother, the the one who is the primordial waters of known, because from us comes everything. There's sometimes I might see things going on, um, and I don't, I'm at a loss. To explain it because I know that the person might not be able to ex- understand it the way I want to explain it because some things are so great that they just are and you can't put them into words in English in particular <laughs> but it's a great sense of being the divine African feminine every day from the spiritual principles I mean I practice I mean I am one who you know deals with comedic science more so than Yoruba or Akan 
even mm-hmm. though I respect them. But, you know, my name, my title, I've been addressed as queen or Susanette since the 80s. The name T.A. was given to me, this name Haru. Individually, it's a great honor being a black woman. And right now, for some reason, I am really visualizing Sandra Bland. I don't know why. It's probably because she's with the ancestors. This has been, I've been thinking about this ever since you asked this question. I think about her because she herself also embodied this, these primordial waters of noon. All my sisters do. Mm-hmm. And just today on Facebook, my brother GF Evolution, if he's listening, I hope he's listening, was posting about patriarchy and men leading, and this big old argument came up about patriarchy versus matriarchy when really they should have been saying matrilineal and local, matrifocal societies. It shows me how deeply this patriarchy is embedded even in so-called the conscious community. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, held my own because this is the age of Aquarius. Baba Heru, uh, Samaj, Dr. Charles mm-hmm. Vince, they always talk about this being the age of Aquarius. Baba Heru talks about Ma'ati Arki. It's about the feminine principle. This is a great honor to be the divine African feminine. Of course, she will be standing next to Asar. Of course, I will be standing next to Asar. But to be that divine African feminine, to be that black woman, to have these primordial waters of known in me, because I truly do feel I'm a spiritual person, to be those primordial waters, or, of course, even when I was, you know, carrying my children. It's hard to explain because it just it just is. You know what I'm saying? It just yes, is. Yes, it just it it is as deep as the Grand Canyon is five hundred times greater than that. I cannot maybe because these words should be, you know, comedic and I don't know it. No, I no, cannot really you articulate have, the you have vastness. To use, the, use the tools that's in your hands. There is the, nothing the we can say yes. As as far as Newt goes to the west and the east as far as the descriptions of T.A. that her, her, her husband and Amenhotep III gave her, as far as the great grievance we give to Het Haru and her, you know, uh, embodiment of Sekhmet or any of, her, any of the seven manifestations, it's, it's past that in this present time. Because even though there are still issues going on, well, I know I'm God. I hate to say that it's when I'm saying it to somebody. No, don't, don't when I say, say I know I, I'm God... Do not say I hate to say that. Just say it. Yeah, I I don't like the vibration of the G-O-D, but, like, I know I'm God. I don't even say goddess. I know I'm God. Yes. And and I'm okay with that. And brothers will say, oh, okay, you're not God, you're goddess. Look, shut up. I'm standing Mm -hmm. on my – I am offset. I am God. You must come through my womb. Even before you are offset, you are none. I ask that for the mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. None yeah. gives birth to herself as the masculine. And the mm-hmm. masculine which says, I came into being out of myself. At the end of the dialogue, it says, and I came from my mother, Nun. So Nun, the mother, the feminine, you know, like Ben always make a joke that we're always trying to get back into heaven. And it may not be as big a joke as you think. You know, because only when I return to heaven can I recreate and replicate myself. 
Really funny that you asked me that question and also how earlier Sinjetti was talking about, um, I guess, a question or a concept of sky or something came up because it was just today on Facebook that I posted utterance 325, if I could just take a second to read it. Mm-hmm. It says, the door of the sky are open. The doors of the firmament are thrown open at dawn for Heru of the gods. He goes up into the field of rushes. He bathes in the field of rushes. It repeats again, and it says, thrown open at dawn for Herakuti. It repeats again, and it says, for Heru of the east. It opens. It repeats again, and it says, Heru of Shesmet. And then it says, the doors of the firmament are thrown at, open at dawn for me, myself. And it was that last line I looked at. I mean, I've had this pyramid text for about a few years, but mm-hmm. I have not really looked at it. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get more involved with reading this text. And then it also says, I am pure. I take to myself my iron bones, stretch out for myself my imperishable limbs, which are in the womb of my mother, Newt. O Ra, give me your hand, for Shu takes me to be the companion of Shu, and I have sucked the milk of two black cows, the nurses of the sows of On. Everything we have talked about tonight, I read last night. I mean, I, I picked this utterance. Mm-hmm. What I was really thinking about was being in harmony with the elements. <clears throat> rest and respite, but once again, everything is 360 and it all ties back. And I, I, thank, I thank you for saying what you said to me earlier about how my soul was crying out, because it's kind of like I'm being reborn again just even during this conversation. All of these elements are tying together for me as they're supposed to, and you even asking me that question because really um, I'm striving to stay on top of my studies and sometimes I don't. But, I, I mean, I love this life. I love my life. I love being a divine African feminine in all her aspects. And I thank you for asking mm. that question. I thank mm. you for answering it. <laughs> I hope you Oh, you know what? Helps. You know, that was um, an excellent discourse right there. Um, <clears throat> coming to the end of the show, I'd like, I'd like to thank um, <laughs> the divine principle. Uh, in the form of the sisterhood uh, representing the night. We appreciate you, sis, a whole lot. Um, Thank you. We, we, we appreciate the elder being on. And, you know, it's been a powerful show for me. So, you know, this is how I get my food and stuff in this teaching and learning. Tell everybody when you got to come on Saturday. Mm-hmm. What time? <clears throat> oh, 2 o'clock Saturday, uh, 2 p.m. to 7 all right, we had those four dynamic speakers, the Unraw Squad, uh, Cyrus Sucasetti, um, Smash Rockwells, and, uh, you know, Professor James Smalls. The address is 6202 Memorial Drive, uh, the Lana Judah Event Center. All right, yeah, be on time. Uh, we'll have vendors there. We'll have food there. And just be on time and get some uh, some. Some African science, man, which is true African spirituality. Science is true African spirituality. So y'all been building uh, all, all mm-hmm. the yeah. Muslim, Christian, and Jew, right? But this and the is, website. Uh, uh, yeah, you you can get the website uh, to get the uh, online tickets. Eventbrite. Just type in Amra Squad. All right, and if you can't find that, just go to the Amra Squad website. It's a flower there. All right, and you know I just appreciate. You know, I appreciate the whole show. Appreciate the elder. Appreciate the sisterhood. Um, it's been an excellent show. 
And y'all already know what it is around here, man. We doing what we got to do, man. Black African Power, I'm Raw Squad Up. I'm going to you. Baba. Thank you, Baba. Thank you, Baba. Thank, thank you, Baba. thank you, family. Thank you so much. Peace, peace. I don't know much but the face that beast make them taste that peace. I'ma take back streets. I'ma meet bad beasts on some Maybach seats. I'ma day pass east so I might go west. I feast in the night when the light go rest. Knives on my feet go Christ on my neck. I hope life leads me to a nice old death. Rose on my lip, cold ice on my breath. And I'm dressed like a groom, but I never got mad. Nah, walked out the tomb like I never got bad. Call me Wallacein, awaken out of dreams. I got death on my breath, call me Holocene. I got Greek in my speech when I speak to the God. Rims on the bends on the beach with your broad. If the dough get low, I paint a pit 16. I catch the Holy Ghost and I sit 16. Listen in like Epiphany. Listen me like a symphony in Basilica. This literature is like jewelry made by Tiffany. Call me Rosie Gold, I got holy friends. Holy Hova, man, holy hands. Only sold my soul to do that holy dance. Holy Hova, man, holy lands. I'm in holy Greece. Holy Rome, I'm in ancient Egypt in that holy home. Sipping that Hennessy, that pure white. I live a Genovese, see, pure life. So if you go for my ones, I'ma go for the guns. I know where to go when I go on the run for that Rolls Royce. I believe I got no choice. I make your body bleed. We practice Murta and Verta. Don't talk, oh Murta. You know the violence got a code of silence. I pose in vogue with my golden phallus. Listen to like epiphanies. Listen to me like a symphony. In Basilica, this literature is like jewelry made by Tiffany. Call me Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent.